This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. everybody out there in comic book land my name is George Serrano aka the Don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and to be honest I, I, I am alone which is a bit of a shame I have this birthday cake for the major issues podcast this is our third annual three years in the podcasting game covering all things Comic books, the latest and greatest, and it's been fun, but with all the things going on with COVID and the lockdowns, we just couldn't have people in studio, and that sucks. Um, I wanted to talk about all the things that came down with the Disney Investor Day, you know, stockholder extravaganza, <laughs> seemingly Marvel laying it all out, all of their cards on the table, but I... How am I supposed to do that by myself? <laughs> uh, this entire podcast is a effort of love from everybody who's ever co-hosted with me, anybody who's ever written in, and of course, all the listeners who like, share, or review, and all that stuff. And um, I, I, we wouldn't be anywhere without you. I don't know what kind of show this is going to be today, but um, I figure I got to give you guys some sort of a show. So... I figure I could just uh, talk about some of the things that I have, uh, little collectibles that I have here in the studio. Like I have, um, let's see, let's see. We I have some fake adamantium claws over here. Let's see. Hear that? Got some fake adamantium claws. I got a Magneto helmet. I have a Batman cowl. Is that? Oh, my Infinity Gauntlet's still here. Hey, did you guys remember a couple years ago, I actually used this damn thing to travel through space and time and catch up with some of the members of the comic book clique. Maybe I could end up trying to use it again. Let's see. doesn't really have an on button. Maybe if I just hit this thing. Oh, uh-oh. Oh, this is, no, this is not good. I don't, I don't even know where I'm going. Oh, ah! Where the heck am I? Is that... Dan, is that you? What? What? George? George? Hey! Oh my god. Well, I yeah, I've been looking for all the other co-hosts of Comic Book Click with this third annual three years in the in the podcasting game. Um, I, I'm glad I found you. Uh, are you down to talk about some of this stuff that's going on with this Disney 
Stockholm well, I mean, you know, I've I've kind of just been walking around this desolate little area, social distancing as much as I can. So as long as you stay stay there, stay where you are, we can talk about whatever went down this weekend. I think that I think that works perfectly. Uh, yeah, and if I uh, zip out of here, I don't know this gauntlet. It's a bit uh. It's a bit problematic, but let's see how much we can get done uh, before I end up somewhere I don't want to be. Tell me you heard about this news that uh, Tatiana Mislani is going to be our She-Hulk for the upcoming comedy coming to Disney+. I cannot believe that we're going to get a live-action She-Hulk. That's one of the things that I'm probably the most excited about is that we're finally doing it. We're finally going to get Jennifer Walters, and I feel that they're going to do it right. Just make her a lawyer, right. give her give her the purple and white costume, and that that's it. That there, this isn't like a Hulk story where it's like you know people rely on Hulk smash and anything with Bruce Banner is boring. D- Jennifer Walters is a character of her own. Like you know, yeah. She Hulk is is definitely a character of its own. Yeah, definitely. And while everyone was excited about the idea that She Hulk is getting a series, one of the things that I'm excited about is that it was confirmed that it's a comedy. We have no, to my knowledge, no live action Marvel comedies, right? We, there's no, no, uh, like actually, like where it's it's saying we are a comedy, not just because it has funny elements and like yeah, an we actual have, we have Modoc com- coming. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff from there, but that's all going to be animated. This will be our first live action version of that. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, we have a director, Cat uh, Coro. I hope I'm saying that right. Who in her uh, director credits, she has the Mick. Brooklyn Nine Nine, Shameless, uh, okay. Sunny, Modern Family. She. This is gonna be no. This is this is gonna, this be, is gonna be funny. <laughs> this is gonna be, be funny, especially that she's done the Mick and yeah. and it's always Sunny. Just shows that she can handle female led comedies because the Mick. This is my plug in. The Mick with uh, Caitlin Olsen is just. I mean, think amazing. about it in general. Every single one of those shows has funny females in it. Yes, Shameless has you know, amazing funny female. Nine, nine, funny, family, funny sunny. females. Yes. So um, that's going to be great. And she's going to be – another director that's going to be working on this series is Anu Valia. Um, she's known for a short called Lucia Before and After. And the synopsis of that short is after traveling hundreds of miles, a woman, a woman must wait another 24 hours before she can get an abortion. So that is some, <laughs> that is some very – It's dark. Deep, dark – uh, psychological stuff. So I like those two sides of this series, you know, of these two directors. Uh, you know, well, you definitely have the brainchilds of someone that can do female-led funniness and then female-led trauma. So yeah. like throw it all together in a She-Hulk setting. Yeah. And this is going to be a home run if it's done right. Now check this out. The head writer is Jessica Gao. So Jessica Gao... <gasps> yep. Uh, has written for a bunch of comedies, uh, Silicon Valley, Robot Chicken, The Mighty Bee, Back in uh, the Barnyard, Star Wars, The Detours, and Kung Fu Panda, Legends of Awesomeness. But most notably, I think you know this, she wrote the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. She definitely did. She was, I think she was the one who got the Emmy With, for the writing. Yeah, and what's crazy about it is that uh, ostensibly is a, a, a story of somebody turning into something green. <laughs> so... She might be a little bit closer to the source material for this than uh, than we realize. So everybody working on this, that they're, they're gonna Disney just needs to leave the creative juices alone. Don't step in. Don't do any of your little focus group stuff. Let these people do it, 
and this is going to kill the ratings. Yeah. This yeah. show will kill the ratings if these three people are allowed to take their own experiences of what they've done in the past and throw one big Powerpuff Girls style Chemical X She-Hulk show. I'm yeah. so excited. Miss Lonnie's, uh, you know, known most for doing Orphan Black, where I hear she plays a bunch of different um, versions of herself. Um, and so that's uh, also fits right in yep. with what she's what she'll be doing here but the actual press release was it's time to dive into the world of superhuman oriented legal cases tatiana mislani stars in the show as jennifer walters aka she-hulk a lawyer who specializes in this specific kind of legal case additionally the show will welcome a bevy of different marvel characters to the series including the hulk once again played by mark ruffalo along with the abomination with tim roth returning to the role those are big names oh, there. Oh man. But is this is this going to be permanent Professor Hulk? Hulk or Well, what's interesting is when I was looking through the IMDb, there's they're set at 6 episodes, which maybe they learned their lessons from Marvel Netflix. Uh you know, uh, I think what was Defenders 6 or 8? It was shorter than, than the normal series. So 6 maybe hour long episodes, so that's about what 3 movies roughly. And it's going to uh, be a mini series or is this going to be a full on Series. I don't. I don't know if there if this will work in seasons. You know, it probably wouldn't be something that works in seasons. This or, or maybe it does. Like when they announce the the phases again. You know, maybe we'll come back to She Hulk or there's a whole litany of characters. This to could work be setting with. up phase movies. Like if they do well, yeah, on this kind of series settings, they might do well in movies. So hopefully, this is helps break ground to get us a She-Hulk movie. What would also be pretty cool is that this is going to be street-level New York again. And there's a bunch of street-level New York characters whose, you know, their properties have just become uh, available back at Marvel. So I would love to see Jessica Jones showing up, needing legal assistance. Turk. Turk. Um, uh, Iron Fist could show up. Misty Knight can can walk in, you know, and do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that would be really, really cool. Um, a little bit of a background on the character. Walters is a lawyer who after an injury received an um, emergency blood transfusion from her cousin, Bruce Banner, was going to be played by Mark Ruffalo, and acquired a milder version of his Hulk condition. Uh, Walters becomes a large, power, green-hued version of herself. Powerful, green-hued version of herself. But unlike Banner, she still largely retains her personality. In particular, she retains the majority of her intelligence and emotional control. Although, like Hulk, she is uh, susceptible to outbursts of temper and becomes much stronger if enraged. In later issues of the comics, her transformation is permanent. So that's something else that they can go with it, where she can't go back and forth. She's stuck in <laughs> that form. And I think in the current Avengers run, or the last I saw of the Avengers run, she and Thor had a bit of a thing. Ooh, <laughs> two, that two, would look nice. Two superpowered uh, things. I'd watch that. You ready to talk about some pettiness? Let's talk about some pettiness. So the original creation of this character, She-Hulk, it was because uh, when the Incredible Hulk show started getting good, um, one of the producers was like, we're going to make a female version of this, the Hulk to put on the show. So uh, instead of letting them do it, they jumped the gun in the comics so that the comics could own that character and have uh, wow. a She-Hulk. So. So, oh, that's a good idea. No, no, we're not stealing it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we're, we're, no oh, don't worry. Uh, well, we're about to uh, cast for that female Hulk character. Oh, you mean She-Hulk? Jennifer Walters? Oh, yeah, perfect. Who, we got the perfect Who's that? Character. They're like, who's that? Uh well, we just created her. She came out a month ago. And uh, if you guys want to use her, going to need that permission. So uh, so that's kind of funny in general. Wild. But I can't wait to see what's going to come out uh, when it comes to that. And like I said, Ms. Lani, uh, Ms. Maslani. I hope I'm saying that right. 
Um, it has been killing it. I loved her in Parks and Rec when she showed up. I think this is going to be what we need, and we surely yes, that need is more comedy. Her. Yes. Oh man. Yeah, that's the one that showed up for uh, Tom. Was flirting with Tom. Um. Now we have a uh the the coming back of a king. James Gunn is is walking the line so back across. Happy. He's coming back across the comic book uh divide. You know, leaving the Suicide Squad after completing it. I'm I'm sure that movie is going to be awesome. And before giving us Guardians of the Galaxy three, it's been announced that he's going to write and direct the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I don't know about you, Dan, but the second I saw the logo for this, I said yes. It was all I Christmassy. Said, it was wreaths and green and red and lights. But but in general, like I remember watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think we I think we played around with this. Uh, Peter Melnick, who, who helped me re- review Guardians of the Galaxy one, says that a lot of the success, uh, sub subliminally of Guardians of the Galaxy is because it's so close to Star Wars. Um, yes. With with the Chewbacca being Groot, stuff like that. And uh, I was gonna and, say, like they're probably gonna end up doing a better holiday special than Star Wars is holiday. Well, special. I think that's why this is gonna be amazing because. I think they know what was wrong with that. We might see some actual, what do they call that? Uh, homages yeah. to that terrible, terrible thing. You know, that Star Wars holiday special uh, came out November 17, 1978. Long, long time ago. You can even have Sean Gunn in the full-on Yondu, get, get him with the Yondu fin and yeah. have him with the arrow. There's so yeah. many possibilities. So many different characters. Uh, it'll be really, really cool. So, um, yeah, James Gunn is coming back to write and direct that. I mean, and- this is his baby. This is going to be his trilogy. This will be his franchise. Tri- yeah, he has a trilogy. He wrote the part for them in uh, Infinity War. And um, now he has a special. So he has three movies, a special. This is his Star Wars. This is this, Exactly. Trilogy. This is our, This is Marvel's... Like, this is literally Marvel's own George Lucas. Yeah. And uh, it's getting even better because we're getting a I Am Groot series of shorts. I saw that and all I said was... Damn it! Marvel is single-handedly, at least the MCU is helping guys that nerdy guys that have girlfriends, yeah, get more into <laughs> the MCU. Baby grew alone. I also think this will be a real hit with the kids. You know, oh um, of course, a real hit with the kids. Uh, and shorts are usually not very long. <laughs> and this is going to end up being uh, what would this be? This is going to be our teen group. This would be. Uh, and, I don't even know. Be honest. If it's a bunch of I am Groot shorts, it's probably going to be. Every Groot we've seen will probably be adult Groot, baby Groot. Teen I would assume Groot. that he'd be animated, but we don't know much about it yet. I don't know. I could, I can literally see a whole entire episode of just baby Groot just chasing around like alien flies, like the opening for Guardians of the Galaxy two. Yeah, that whole opening could literally be a baby <laughs> Groot short episode. Oh, so you want him like kind of like um. Well, they don't talk. That you have kind of like that Mickey Mouse music in the background. Yep, I don't want no talking. I just like a Tom and Jerry. I mean, I'll, short. T- I'll have an I am Groot every now and then yeah. because obviously you you need the I am Groot. But basically, don't don't give me much dialogue other than like background character dialogues. It says I am Groot will feature the seedling, which I'm assuming usually that doesn't that mean a smaller. It's the one in the pot, isn't it? That's what it usually is. But the guard, the Groot that we have now is teenage Groot as of last. That That's I end game, yeah, yeah. So I, it'll be, I'll be interested in seeing what version of Groot they end up using for that. But they also say that there's going to be several new and unusual characters joining Groot. So I think that's pretty damn interesting. Um, but we'll see. Bring we'll, it all up. Give us Thor's, not Thor. Give us Groot's homeworld. 
Yeah, because give big, us a I am sh- a shirt on I am Groot Homeworld. Right, and it doesn't matter because you know young Groot, teenage Groot, big Groot. I I like all Groots. Size doesn't matter when it comes to Groot, and size <laughs> definitely doesn't matter when it comes to the next thing we'll be talking about, which is the announcement that Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly are returning in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania alongside Kang the Conqueror. So which the- is so freaking crit like yo if he did, if he has to be blue and green he has to have the face how it looks his voice has to be imposing i freaking love king the conqueror i've read i've read him in books i've seen him on the cartoons yeah, he's, before. A, he's like, a mainstay he's, he's he definitely is, a mainstay he's awesome the dude just comes to earth with all the power all the hands he doesn't care about anything other than conquering that's yeah. it this isn't this isn't about money for him this isn't about revenge this isn't i was bullied and now i have the power this is just a man ready to conquer yeah. i've from what i've read from what i've seen I'm so hyped for this. <laughs> no, he's definitely going to kill it. So one of the great things that's happening is we got Peyton Reed back. He'll be doing the trilogy for Ant-Man, something that Iron Man never really got. He never got somebody to do his trilogy. Look at Hulk. Hulk didn't have one director to do his entire trilogy. Neither did Captain America. Look at Thor. The Captain America, you're right. Captain America, Yeah, We had Thor. Joe Johnston and then the Russos. But Ant-Man has had quality control. I mean, in all honesty, if I had, you know, I kind of would have wanted to go right. But Peyton Reed, Peyton Reed does a great job. Um... This, in my opinion, Ant Man, the Ant Man series of films is probably one of the weaker. Series I would, of films. I would, I would have to agree. With, not that I, I personally think that, but I do critically would agree that. Yeah, they I, are the. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're the underrated bad. of the. Of We've the yet two. to do an Ant Man for which was worse. So I'm, you know, you know, I'm not saying that it's at that level, but I, all a lot of Marvel um, studio stuff is so high up. That a fine looks like, oh, you're saying it's a terrible, <laughs> like, Ant-Man is fine. It seems like, oh my god, what do you mean fine? I think in comparison. So I wonder if the introduction of Kang, first of all, it makes sense because of the quantum, all that quantum high stuff that they did in Endgame that came from the mind of Ant-Man. But secondly, I wonder if bringing in somebody with the gravitas of Kang the Conqueror is uh, meant to make this film feel bigger than it is and automatically make it bigger than the other two because yellow jacket come on and then ghost all right but now we have kang the conqueror and, and like with kang the conqueror that just event opens up doors for fantastic four yeah let's talk about that but that's first, what i'm saying let's uh first yeah like i said uh paul rudd's coming back as ant-man evangeline lily as the wasp michael douglas as hank pym michelle pfeiffer uh, as Janet Von Dyne, Van Dyne, <laughs> and introducing John DeMajors, uh, who's known best for his recent role in Lovecraft Country. He's coming in as Kang the Conqueror. Um, Kang first appeared in The Avengers number 8, September of 1964, and was created by our boys Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, he's most frequently depicted as an opponent of The Avengers and The Fantastic Four. He's a time-traveling entity, uh, with several alternate versions of Kang appearing through Marvel's titles over the years, past versions, uh, f- future versions, even uh, heroic versions like Iron Lad, which I think they're planting a seed with this. Uh, Kang has no superhuman abilities, but is ext- is an extraordinary genius, uh, expert historical scholar, and a master physicist specializing in time travel. He's an alien Lex Luthor at the end of the day. Yeah. He, he, there's nothing about Kang that's like... Uh, powerful. Besides the fact that he's intelligent as fucking has the resources to back up his conquering. Yeah. So he's literally just an alien Lex Luthor. He's an alien. He has all kinds of uh, 40th century tech. Uh, his battle armor is tech. He uses holograms, force fields, projections, 
Um, he has access to technology of any century because he's a time traveler. He has his own time ship uh, and, uh, and an ultra-diode ray gun. <laughs> that that, that sounds pretty damn cool. Um, and like you said, he's been in so much stuff that you knew we were going to get to him eventually. I'm wondering about this Ant-Man stuff, but more specifically, I'm wondering about this Iron Lad stuff. Uh, so to get people on this Iron Lad stuff. So Iron Lad is a younger version of Kang the Conqueror. And at one point he was desperate to find out what, you know, what, how to stop himself from becoming that future, horrible future version of himself. And so he comes, he uses Vision's database to track and recruit young superpowered individuals connected to the Avengers history, uh, hoping that they could become the young Avengers and maybe change his fate. Oh God! Is this the what you were telling me? How the the Avengers basically existed all the way back through? Like... Oh no, no, no that no, that's uh, Savage, Savage Avengers. I think I you said Savage, Savage Avengers. Avengers. Um, no. So th- this is where I'm going with this. Uh, so he tries to so- come up with this young Avengers team, and somebody who eventually goes gets on that team is Cassie Lang. So uh, Catherine Newton is going to be playing adult Cassie. My in this girl! Oh my God! When I when that news dropped, I. I, I I screamed like Sean Gunn at freaking Yandu's funeral. I screamed so loud because I know her from you know uh, Pretty Little Liars or, uh, or I know Pretty her Big best Lies or Paranormal Activity, the fourth one. She's the main character in that. Um, if you want to see like, Pikachu? A, a, a film where the whole things about her, she's the other. She's the she's the journalist the in Detective, Detective Pikachu. Well, she's the, the blonde. The, yeah, the journalist. I think she was. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she was. Journalist. She wasn't. She wasn't Lady Bird. She wasn't the best friend. That was that was my girl Benny Feldstein. Yeah. But um she was in Lady Bird, which is where I first found her. I first found her in Lady Bird and then just everywhere else I ended up seeing her everywhere. So when they when this news broke, some actress I don't know versus an actress that I actually have ties to, let's go. And she's the closest one that looks like her mother. <laughs> uh whatever her mother's name. What was uh, that Judy actress? Greer. She's the closest one that looks like Judy Greer. Well, the thing is, uh, with Catherine Newton playing adult Cassie, it replaces Emma Furman, who played Cassie in Avengers Endgame. If everyone remembers, um, uh, Scott Lang comes out of the quantum zone and runs home and sees that his very beautiful young daughter has now become a beautiful adult daughter. Um, and that woman was played by Emma Furman. So a lot of people were wondering why the cast changed. I don't have an answer. Maybe and, it's because her last name kind of resembles the name Mark Furman. I don't know. And, and Emma herself hasn't addressed the issue, but once the announcement came out, she removed the Cassie Lang description from her IG bio. So, um, yes, that happened. She got real upset. Uh, so having adult Cassie in this is interesting. Having Kang in this is interesting. The adult that the uh, fact that adult Cassie and Kang are both on, uh, well, Kang in the form of a uh, young Iron Lad are both on the Young Avengers tells me. And this is my uh, theory that I'm going to be shopping around today. That the, the the Avengers movie that we will get for this phase is Young Avengers. I think that's what they're setting up for. I think we're going to get Cassie as uh, Stature or... I forget her other name. Cassie Lang. Cassie Lang. But yeah, we're going to see... I think we're going to see Cassie get into the pin particles of it all in this show. And eventually become uh, her superhuman version of herself which is stature and which is the one i'm forgetting forgetting about no it is stature i'm bugging here yeah uh yeah so i think that they you we might be seeing Catherine newton in a super suit we might she Let's might end go. up being 
uh, stature, and we might end up getting Young Avengers as the Avengers film for this phase. What do you think about that? Oh, excitement is pouring out of my skin. I think I'm leaking oh, dear. from excitement for all of this. Like this, I, I woke up from a nap. I took a nap. I took a nap. I never should have taken that nap because I wake up at like 10.45 at night. Yeah, you missed that whole wave Bro, after wave after wave. I, all, all I'm doing is scrolling not only through the group chat. I'm scrolling through the group chat. I'm scrolling through Twitter, through YouTube, through Facebook. And all I'm seeing is over 50 things being confirmed between Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar. Yeah, like, out of control. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think, no, I think more than 50. I think at least Star Wars and Marvel alone both had 25 new shows and movies dropping. Yeah. Which is just, it's mind-blowing. Whether it's shorts, whether they're cartoons, TV series, or movies, all of this content, it's a, its like a treasure for surviving this year. Yeah. The, everything else that I had listed were things that were going to be on uh, Disney Plus for the most part. The Ant-Man and the Wasp thing is an actual film, feature film, that's going to be in Phase 4 of the MCU. But let's talk about another time-traveling uh, situation we got going on. Let's talk about that Loki trailer. Oh, Oh, this is this is this is this is in top three blowing me out of the water. This is going to be top three of the best content that gets dropped. It's going to be this, um, WandaVision and Falcon and Captain uh, Cap Falcon and Winter Soldier. Those three shows, they're what's going to set the standard of MCU can do TV. I forgot that. Um, I forgot how much I like Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I forget. I forget often. <laughs> How much he makes that character likable when he shouldn't be likable. He's kind of a jerk, Loki. He's the god of mischief. But man, I can't wait to see him unleashed for 30 minutes at a time, an hour at a time for six episodes or however long it goes. Like, I totally can't wait to get to a point where we get more familiar with the character. And um, in the trailer, uh, you know, we it starts off with that scene from Avengers Endgame where it's 2012 Loki who uses the space stone to escape. Uh, they try to, you know, he was getting apprehended by the Avengers, so he was like, I'm taking this and I'm getting out of here. What's interesting about that is this is a Loki who has none of the knowledge or learned any of the lessons after Avengers. This is a Loki that didn't bond with his brother in Dark, in Dark, though. Yeah, Ragnarok has never happened. Dark World has never happened. Dark World. Uh, uh, Infinity War. Infinity War where he dies has never happened yet. So he his mother's still alive and his in his head, his mother's still alive. Yeah, so his has, mother didn't even die yet. And he's probably still right now have has this bloodthirsty quest for taking over the world still. Or, you know, uh, anger for being in Thor's shadow. Oh, he definitely like, that's does. gotta still be potent. There was um, a line where he this. says uh where he, where, he, where he says brother and Heimdall, Heimdall yeah. get ready or something like that. Like I'm coming for you, something. So it's like but uh, my only issue with, I guess, tw- uh, 2012 Loki is that it does rob us from lo- one of the greatest moments in MCU's history, and that's Loki after his mother dies. Yeah. yeah. It, to rob me specifically of that one scene that did it. God, that scene. But the thing about that, though, is while that's a great scene, he still stabs his brother in the back at the end of that film and becomes Odin behind his back. So it's like he he's where if anything is just giving us a clue that this even this 2012 Loki is capable of both the, the you know feeling something emotionally but then still then going back and, then going still back to going and doing whatever he does. Um the space stone we see transports him and he drops him in like a desert. We don't really know what the time See, this is my only is. problem. Did, in in Endgame, the space stone didn't drop or it did drop. 
It dropped on the floor. When, in, in Endgame, when yes. he grabbed the Space Stone, it dropped, right? No, no, no. When he grabbed it, it dropped. It, it slid across the floor. It, in the move, the not this trailer, and specifically Endgame, when he yeah. grabs the Space Stone to escape, yeah. did he take the Space Stone with him? Yes. He did? Yeah. So then how the hell? They went back, remember? They went to go get more pin particles, went back, and then got it. And they had to do yeah. the same thing all right. over. Okay. Right. So now there's... Okay. Multiple locals. There's multiple Lokis because there's multiple timelines. It's which, n- which is probably why Kang shows up. He's probably like, "What the heck is going on?" It's not even that. Well, now my only thing is, is there's a there's now a universe or a reality. There's a reality with two space stones. Yeah. We're well, ev- up into a time, right? No, no, that specific space stone that Loki escaped with. That's that's now what how uh, the Sorcerer Supreme explained it. It's a branch now. Right, now right, there's right. a reality branch where there's two space stones in one reality because they. But wouldn't that be two different realities? Because once he like where he ends up now in, in the desert, uh, we don't know if that's a, for the time or the past. If it's the future, then in that same line, that stone disappears and then ends up. But how? Would, but at. it would have to have been acquired and brought back for it to disappear. Listen, time travel is hard. We learned it's not, it's not like Back yeah, to the this Future. Is, this is <laughs> nothing know, like Back to the we, Future. We know this, but but what you're saying is right. Things are getting messy in general. With it's uh, the multiverse of with, madness, and with quantum with quantum mania, they're going to be dealing with something with time travel with Kang and all that kind of stuff. And now this with um with Loki. Getting caught by the time police, seemingly going to time prison. <laughs> that's just where he went, right? Yeah, that's that's time, really prison. Yeah, time prison. It's time prison. And they have a version of that in Marvel, and that's what we're alluding to. And we see one of the members of their management played by Owen Wilson. Which warmed my so that As soon as I saw that, I was like, wow. Both brothers. <laughs> both brothers are now... Oh, on different sides. Luke and, Luke and Owen are on different sides. Oh uh, my god, even though even the Owen even the Wilson brothers have to split. be separated. Like no one is allowed to be on both unless you're James Gunn. The Wilsons are always split, bro. Uh that's why Wade and Slade are on two different sides too. <laughs> um Yeah, I'm so glad that he's in this. Uh we see an alternate timeline where the Avengers Tower is seemingly destroyed. Um and there's another thing that people keep I don't know if you've seen this been going around, but people have been like, Oh, it looks like it's like Black Widow's in a shot. It that is Black Widow in the shot. That's 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 Volmir. But my thing is, none of that matters, though, right? Like the same way we saw Avengers Tower in in the shot, then it's destroyed. Like none of none of these things matter, unless he's going to alter them, right? And make some choices. But why would he? It, do you think his his uh, time in Avengers, the first Avengers, makes him go back and save uh, <laughs> Natasha? No, that's the that's the only thing. It's that's after what calling her to... a what a muling a muling quim or something like that. This would have to be Infinity War Loki for him to recorrect time. The only way he would, the only way I could see him going back and recorrecting time is if that's his sentence at Time Prison. Like, if you uh, want to reduce your sentence, go around and and uh, correct time. Here's a question for you: Do you think that um, he will mess with the MCU timeline in any form? Do you think? Okay, here's, a, here's an easier question: Do you think he will find out that he dies? Hmm. That he finds out that Thanos kills him. I don't know if they'll go that route, but I can only say I hope so. Because that would be great. To do things like that, to like have him find out about his mother dying at the hands of, of uh, Malekith, to find out about uh, 
Asgard itself being obliterated by the T'Chari. Like, I would hope he would be able to see stuff like that. Like, they put him the in a... The weight of that kind of stuff. And they put him... Like, I would hope that if his character is going to give us the same character that we got in Infinity War, because I feel like the end of Ragnarok to the beginning of Infinity War, that's a different Loki all on its own. That right. is not going to be the same Loki that will stab his brother in the back. But I wonder if realizing he dies trying to do something good hardens him to stay bad. That's also another... That's a possibility, that's, right? But that's also... Like, wait. A, that, those are also real questions that we've seen before in right. in time-traveling type movies. Like, if you know that you die being good, and you want to live, and living to you means more than being good, you're going to be bad. Yeah. and Yeah, totally. But I could also, like I said, I could see them uh, like making him go through this like uh, hero's circle, little journey, hero's journey, by watching every event that he dies or fakes his own death. I'm also very interested in seeing how they make the snake eat its own tail. Does the series end with him going back and getting arrested for the events of Avengers 12? Thus, that would suck. Imagine you get arrested by the time police. Your sentence is you got to go and course correct history. And then at the end of your sentence, you still got to serve a sentence. Right. Nah, I I wouldn't want to do that. And so one of the I think like we had we see this scene where you see Loki in a suit and having a campaign button on and uh, surrounded by people Loki in for Norse, president Yo, in Norse garb. I love um, the fact that you have the the blazer ripped yeah. and you see all of his thing under him and then he has his It's such a cool shot. He looks I mean we've seen it before this Tom crown Hiddleston looks better great. than Avengers. Yeah. Like his Avengers the, I think they're shorter. Think they're, that's the what shorter it was cuz the ones in Avengers was literally like curled With in the like rams. Yeah. Really curled in. So it would, like it looked kind of weird but I get it they were going comic book act accuracy there but yeah this one looks a lot shorter so it looks a lot more serviceable and the guy cleans up well tom hiddleston he looks good in a suit and he like he didn't miss a beat if there's one thing that this trailer showed me that he didn't miss a beat he hasn't played loki since 2018 infinity war yeah 2018 so that's two that and then this is going to be coming early in the year of next year so you're talking about two and a half almost three years of not yeah. playing that character having to get back into the mindset of that character who's only been in what four things right. really so it's not even like this isn't like robert downey jr not touching iron man for well, two he had, years well, he's he had a whole stake to you know to, to marinate on it this one you only have a, so much screen time and appearances of loki that i feel it's going to be a harder to get into the headspace but that smile he sells me with that smile if yeah, there's one that, thing that glorious him saying glorious if there's one thing that loki does the best it's yes the the delivery the fuck the expressions of his delivery and that smile when he says things like this <laughs> it's it's candy to me yeah like it's it's just give me all of the Willy Wonka candy it's perfection I she, so uh, joining him will be Owen Wilson like we talked about Gugu Mbatha Raw Sophia Di Di Marto Di Martino who people seemingly saw on set dressed similarly to Loki to where people are thinking that we might get a female Loki. Uh, which has happened in the comics. Uh, we might get a version of female Loki in this, which would be interesting. We also have uh, Wunmi Masaku and Richard E. Grant. We don't know who they're going to be playing in this, but it'll be interesting to see what they got. But the, this, it, the whole trailer ends with what is possibly the funniest Easter egg of them all, right? We literally see Loki as D.B. Cooper. Uh, if you don't know who D.B. Cooper is, he was a gentleman who got on a plane, robbed a bunch of people, took all their money, put it in a in No, a wasn't suitcase. it a train? Well, he jumped out of a plane. Yeah, he jumped out. I could have sworn, but I could have sworn. Yeah, I thought it was a train robbery that he robbed. He might have robbed the train. I'm going to look on this. 
But uh, they, you saw that they try to make him look as, um, as much like him. Yeah, it was a plane. It was uh, a plane. He hijacked a Boeing seven twenty seven aircraft. Jesus Christ! Uh, uh, in airspace between Portland and Seattle in nineteen seventy one, um, he he extorted uh, in in two thousand nineteen's money one million two hundred and sixty thousand. Thousand dollars, <laughs> one million two hundred and sixty thousand. One million in nineteen seventies. No, no, one million now. Two hundred thousand at that time. Oh, so a million dollars. You can't, you can't really get too crazy with it, but I guess at that time, you know. Uh, and so the thing is, he parachuted out. He took all the money. He robbed everybody on the plane. He parachuted out, and no one found him, and no one found the money. And so the idea is that they have Loki playing DB Cooper. When he jumps out of the plane, he calls upon the Bifrost and gets transported. So it, the idea is that Loki was DB Cooper. And thus, um, that's the reason why there's no answer there. So my question to you is, do you think Loki's going to be the cause of other mysterious events in the yes. world? Yes, yes. That opens the possibility for everything else that's, like, mysterious. Yeah. Like, um, the, like if they want to go, like, something with the Bermuda Triangle, the Bermuda Triangle could just literally be Loki hovering above air. And every time a plane go- it goes by, he just calls the Bifrost and just... <laughs> Disappears it. <laughs> oh, man, bored. that's so messed up. Or, uh... He transported Stonehenge from another planet or something here because he just wanted it here or something like that. He could be in, he, they could even go current with it, and he's the one that moved the monolith from Utah to New Zealand. <laughs> there, like, there you go, there you go. Somebody's obviously been playing games. Uh, oh, oh dear, this thing's glowing again. I think I'm right, getting out of here. Good, you, you, you get out of here because I, I don't want anybody near me. These droplets. I'm not trying to get corona. Actually, I'm gonna put my mask back on. So, yeah, well, I think this thing is taking me whether I want to go or not. But thank you for the three years, Dan, the comic man, and I, I guess we'll, I'll see you on the flippity flip. I'll see you when we don't gotta wear masks. Sexy gauntlet. Where the hell am I? Um, you're in my bedroom. GT? Nice pajamas, bro. Wait, how did I get how did I, how the hell did I get here? L- listen, that's neither here nor there, but I'm I'm happy that you're here, uh, and you seem mighty comfortable. <laughs> uh, I live here. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we spoke at GT. I'm trying to get some of these co-hosts on the Major Issues podcast to talk about Disney's Investor Day. And, I mean, you're here now, or I guess I should say I'm here now. Do you mind diving uh, into some of this stuff? Um, well, since you're here, fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a nice room, by the way. I, you know, you're, you're a great host, I think I should say. Um, but, yeah, yeah, man, listen, I don't know. I've been playing around with this Infinity Gauntlet. It's been taking me all sorts of places. I just came back from talking to Dan and, you know, we're tra- trying to talk about all the things going on with Marvel in general. And we can't talk all things going on with Marvel without talking about Miss Marvel, who's uh, getting her own show being brought to Disney Plus, where she, Kamala Khan, will be played by Iman Vellani. Um, This character, man, I think just like Miles, has taken off almost since her creation. And now she's in all sorts of media from, um, you know, cartoon to just recently being in the Marvel's Avengers video game. Um, how do you feel about her being liter- like um, actually brought into the MCU? And do you think they're going to be able to handle the character the way, uh, I guess, comics did? Um, I think they'll be able to handle Kamala Khan just fine. I, I think this is a 
a rare um opportunity to kind of you know give flowers to a character that like how often does a character just come out the gate immediately right yeah you know it it takes it typically takes a real real long burn for a character to catch some kind of fire 100% in, in this case Kamala Khan jumped out the gate with you know a hot new comic and and in a few years found herself not only as like the lead in the Avengers video game but on the I want to say fourth season fourth season of Avengers Assemble cartoon right and various other animated yeah, because they were doing oh. that hero rising thing for a while with the female yes. characters of um of Marvel, and yeah, man, she's been she's hit the ground running as a character, and a lot of people think it's because of the fact that this character is a teenage Pakistani American, and uh, Marvel has lately seemingly um, found a way to tap into you know the the cultures of some of the some cultures that haven't really been showcased in comic books, at least not this much or this proudly uh khan you know she doesn't stray away from her her culture her family's depicted um as being pakistani as well they're from jersey so it's not even like you know like she she is the girl next door and they're normalizing that the girl next door is from anywhere right like yeah. the, it in this world this melting pot that we live in um it's funny like you said she hit the ground running and she her success the speed of her success almost eclipses Captain Marvel, right? Like the Miss Marvel when she was Miss Marvel, yes. uh, which is it's ironic. Um, one of the things that uh, endears people to the character of Miss Marvel is this idea that she is a bit of a fangirl to this heroes in the actual Marvel universe. The uh, official synopsis that we were given is that Marvel Studios' original series, Miss Marvel, centers on fan favorite Kamala Khan a 16-year-old Pakistani-American growing up in Jersey City. A great student, avid gamer, and voracious fanfic scribe, Kamala has a special affinity for superheroes, particularly Captain Marvel. However, Kamala struggles to fit in at home and at school. That is, until she gets superpowers, like the hero she's always looked up to. Life is easier with superpowers, right? Um, and it looks like the, the cast, the writers, the directors on this are... Uh, incredibly diverse from all walks of life and tackling you know some of the things they're going to be tackling in this story i'm glad that they got some of those people working behind the scenes certainly like you 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 sort of need um that insider excuse me perspective because you know like how, how how many times have we seen what is ostensibly just a uh straight white dude trying to depict what he understands to be the other right yeah yeah and the kamala through her culture through her gender through her age is gonna um encounter different problems than the average quote-unquote straight or white dude right yeah and and thus those um issues are gonna tailor her to be a a different kind of hero um with the fangirl stuff it, it also feels a little bit like shazam like how bill um freddie freeman was a bit of a fanboy of the uh, DC characters in that universe there. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I do hope that like, because like, I guess I've seen rumblings of it and I imagine you have too. I, I do hope that we're able to get past the, the supposed like colorism of the casting. Yeah. I know that there was, there was a bunch of stuff going on right after the, right, 
I, I had it right before or right after. It was very close to this announcement where people was talking about uh, uh, fix Miss Marvel. Hashtag fix, fix Miss Marvel. Um, talking about different things with, you know, uh, different actors. Um, quite possibly not being Muslim and whether or not they should, whether or not they should stick to the comics. There was also certain things about like certain actors maybe not behaving too well on social media. And oh, so really? the idea is that, you know, Kamala being this um, tale of, you know, innocence and, 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 you know, childlike wonder, they should kind of steer away from things like that. But I think if there was anything serious, Marvel would have done something. You saw what happened with James Gunn when all that, <laughs> when all that came Oh yeah, uh, to fruition. And if, if they were ready to put his head on the chopping block, I don't think anyone here is is that sacred. <laughs> no, uh, not really. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, especially this new in the game, like anyone is easily replaced. A hundred percent. Um, and like I said, it's a huge deal. Uh, Khan is Marvel's first Muslim character to headline her own comic book. Uh, and like I said, she made her first appearance just seven years ago. So very quick uh, to, that she's um, going to be joining us here, mm. and I can't wait for it. I actually got a little piece of feedback from um, friend of the show, uh, Rhea Figueroa, wife of co-host Claudius Maximus. Um, I know she's a huge Miss Marvel fan, and so I asked her what she thought about the like the sizzle reel that they showed. You know where they show like Amon had was like clear cut away, always going to be Miss Marvel. And stuff like that. And they showed a couple clips of her being a fangirl and stuff. And she says, Miss Marvel, where to start? Well, let's start with not only is she a Pakistani teenager dealing with traditional parents. She's juggling, finding her own way and learning about her newfound self. The thing I love about this character is that Marvel didn't stray away from just saying she's Muslim and Pakistani. No, they incorporated incorporated it more to make her more relatable. They made her parents overprotective. And include her culture to her character, like even how her family dresses. Her suit itself comes from a shawar kameez that she found in her closet. So I'm looking forward to them, including just how her suit came about and the background behind it. I'm also looking forward to how they include the Captain Marvel aspect of it all. Because Kamala idolized Captain Marvel so much that she became one of Kamala's first shapeshifts. She also teams up with the Avengers, meets Carol Danvers, teams up with Spider-Gwen, and even Squirrel Girl. I'm so curious on where they take her character and how they compare to the comics. She's fairly new in the comics, so there is so much room for growth. And I agree. Um, as far as, like, uh, her powers go, you know, she gets her powers from the Terrigen Mist. I wasn't too sure if they were t- tackling that Terrigen Mist stuff in the game, in the Avengers game. Uh, they absolutely did. That's pretty. That's pretty big. Uh, yes. the, close, the closest we got with eight was Agents of Shield, talking about it, and the horrible New Mutants. <laughs> I mean, New Mutants. Well, look at me. I just got horrible New Mutants stuck together in my mind. <laughs> the horrible Inhumans. Fortyian, I'd say. Yeah, the horrible uh, uh, Inhumans. <laughs> oh, Black Bolt. I'm so sorry. Uh yeah, the, um, but so it, it thankfully the... he has been able to redeem himself in 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 one of the other um sci-fi, awesome, awesome gimmicks. Yeah, I mean the actor looked looked great. I mean, it just he, what can you do? The guy doesn't talk. He uh, just recently got his own um Star Trek show after a good run on another one. Oh, that's awesome. So he he's he has redeemed. <laughs> 
no, that, come that, out the other side. I'm happy. I'm happy for him, man. He deserved. He deserved more than what he got. Uh, but yet, you know, she talks about um, the shape shifting. I wonder if they're gonna do that stuff there. Uh, the embiggening. My girl got a, a word into the dictionary. Um, you know, uh, the, that Terra Miss gives her all sorts of powers. So we'll see if they introduce that. But you know, maybe Miss Marvel is the first mutant. Who maybe. knows? Who knows? They're gonna be sticking them in somewhere. Um, and like Rhea said, you know, so much of her identity is wrapped around Captain Marvel. So it shouldn't be a surprise that she will be joining Brie Larson on the cast of Captain Marvel 2 alongside uh, director Nia DaCosta, um, who I don't believe was the first director of this. She was not. She wasn't, right? No, I, I, I don't have like every time I, I try to think of who directed it, I all my brain immediately re- remembers who the composer of it oh. was. <laughs> Let me see for some stupid reason. Uh, wait, I'm I got two Anna Bowden, two directors, and Ryan Fleck. Yes, um, but Miss Nia DaCosta is going to be doing it. She most notably, most recently, uh, wrote and directed the upcoming Candyman reboot. So I don't know the connective tissue there, uh, <laughs> but who the hell knows? This is gonna have Brie Larson in as Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel. It's gonna have Iman Vellani as Miss Marvel, making her debut uh, in the MCU as far as films are concerned. And then we're also got Tiana Paris, who's gonna play a grown-up version of Monica Rambeau, who we saw as a kid in the first Captain Marvel, and who we also gonna see grown up in WandaVision. What are they getting up to, GT? I don't know. <laughs> there are, like... I used to think the MCU had a lot of moving parts, and then they added a lot more. No, 100%. Like, I'm overwhelmed, to be honest. When I when I do the deep dives into some of these announcements and the possibilities, it seems like they're trying to do... I mean, it, you know, obviously they know what they're doing, but as somebody who doesn't have a clue, it looks like they're trying to do everything. <laughs> it's like they're really trying to do... Everything, everything that succeeded in the last decade, which you know, there there are, there are worse um, plans out there than that. Are you excited for Captain Marvel too? I am, and I'd like to believe that. And I don't mean this to sound negative because I I enjoyed the first movie. I'd like to believe that not not having an origin story always allows you to really get your stride. Yeah, yeah. I also think that they spent a lot of that first movie, you know, gaslighting her, right? And they spent a lot of that move, first movie with um, Jude Law lying to her. And I want to know what a full Captain Marvel movie looks like from when the very beginning she's confident in herself, as I know the comic book Carol to be. And, mm-hmm. um, like, just down for it. Loving it. It's a blast. Because one of the things that they don't really, I don't think that they really touch on in the first film is that she loves to fly. Yes. You know, she in general, you saw her be a uh, you know a fighter pilot, and that's cool too. But I want to see joy in her taking. You know, getting into. Uh, I was gonna say warp speed. That's not a thing, isn't it? Like Sonic, break the sound barrier. There you go. Yeah, Sonic want, boom. There you go. I want to see her do some uh, really really cool stuff like that. Um, maybe she gets a relationship. Maybe they play around with the roadie thing of it all. I'm not saying that she needs to because she's a female. Just saying sure. it's, it's a nice little wrinkle there for Carol. Um, I one always... of my favorite scenes is, is, is when she like gets to just launch into the air and just take out the entire Kree Armada. Yeah, 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 like nothing. And I, I love in the book, you know, she has that quiet moment with Rhodey 
where she basically explains that this is, you know, she knows that she has a responsibility and that, you know, um, there's a mantle that she's taken by calling herself Captain Marvel and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'll be interested in seeing where they go with that. I guess we'll go more alien villains at this Probably, point. Probably, yeah. And, I, and I'd, I'd like to think that, I, I don't know, I'm curious what they do with that in the sense of um, does Captain Marvel ra- maintain in an independent entity or do they shape something around her? That's interesting, right. Um, yeah, because I wonder how they're going to answer for the... Oh, Marvel was a was a woman, right? They yes. made Marvel a woman. I wonder if we ever get... Because like, when I think of Secret Invasion, which is something else that they announced, I think of that scroll who thought he was Marvel and went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a cool part of that. Um, that I wonder if we're ever going to see another Captain Marvel in this, like how Marvel was. Um, but, you know, you can do a lot of space stuff. They're opening the gates with this. And I guess a lot of this also depends on where, when this is happening. Um, there's been some theories that a lot of this is going to happen in the blip time space uh, of it all. So we shall see. Um, we're uh, Go ahead, brother. Um, you know, I, 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 I find myself thinking like it's it's going to be an interesting situation to see how they can how they attempt to muster like a space division oh space force <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean maybe, maybe maybe captain marvel's the one that that heads it you know the one that's like hey listen we need something yes for but there. also is it is it common for like for scrolls to lose their mind if they stay too long in one i'm i'm not alter? sure or what just happened with that one Okay. Something, yeah, it, it it just seemed like bad program because everybody else was Gucci with it. Yeah, uh, he was I've just only read out. two. I've only read two like scroll stories in my life, and one of them was Hawkeye. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh well, I mean, might as well get there now. Let's talk about Haley Steinfeld, uh, starring as the Archer Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. We got Most Haley- unintentional segue ever. Uh, look, but you're getting good at it, bro. Three yeah. years, three years in this game. So <laughs> Haley, Haley Steinfeld is going to join Jeremy Renner, uh, who's going to reprise his role as Clint Bar- Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, in the series Hawkeye, as the well-known archer from Marvel Comics. Uh, and Kate Bishop, you know, Haley Steinfeld is going to be playing that. Um, we have a star-studded cast. Uh, the series seems to be adapting the very popular My Life as a Weapon story, written uh, by Matt so Fraction. Good. So good. Yes, I, I second, third, and fourth that. Um, written in 2013 by Matt Fraction, which sees Clint Barton help train a new protege, the wealthy and talented Kate Bishop. Uh, uh, Kate Bishop appeared as Hawkeye first in Young Avengers number one in 2005, 15 years ago, and was created by writer Alan Heinberg and artist Jim Chung. She was first introduced as Kate Bishop um, in issue 12, and she ends up taking the Hawkeye mantle. But, you know, the original Hawkeye was uh, dead at the time. He tends to die sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, so you you said you read this. So you're familiar with Kate. Uh, can you describe Kate to those who may not know who she is? Um, I I would say Kate is just a, a lot of a, a, a no-nonsense kind of gal. Like, yeah. she's very, she's very, how do you say, like, she's sassy and she's quick-witted. Right, and she is real quick to never take clean shit. 
<laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. And, and she is always kind of there to tell him about himself when he is having, you know, one of his moments where he can be a bit neglectful of other people. Yeah, like, one of the things I got from reading a bit of the story is that she, like, there's no um, starstruck to her. No. You know, like, it, it's all, like, she will tell an Avenger how she feels about what's going on. I mean, not to say that she doesn't have emotions and she's not a, a, a three-dimensional character, but one of the things that uh, even Hawkeye says is that she's incredibly cool under pressure. She's incredibly cool in these very uh, uh, vicarious positions where either she has a million guns drawn on her or, you know, uh, yeah. they found themselves caught in a corner. But even when sometimes he may not know what to do, all of a sudden, Kate shows up and she's kicking ass. Uh, so, well, well, to your point, do you know how she technically like finally earned the Hawkeye name from him? In a sense. So the one, so when the story that I read, she was already Hawkeye, and then he shows up as Ronan and is like, "You have to um, make the uh, Robin Hood shot, which is shoot an arrow through another arrow uh, in sure. the center of the thing." And she's like, it's impossible. And he's like, uh, oh, well, I, I bet you I can do it. And if I do it, I'm taking my stuff back. <laughs> I'm taking my bow and stuff back. And she, she, he does it. So she, he literally is like, all right, so just leave my stuff and get out. <laughs> like, leave my stuff on the floor and get out. And uh, she does. And then later on, she's on a date. Uh, and she explains the situation. She's on a date with a speedster. And the speedster is like, we could just go back and get it. We can just go go and steal it, and then she uh, she does go and steal it. And I'm, I I forget what happens after that. Does she save him from something? Um, well, there's an interesting moment. Where she, there was an interesting moment connected to that story where she tries to bring it back, and he just like it's yours. Yes, yes, yes. But there's a great moment there also connected to the history of both of them where, um. Captain America, I believe, pretty much christens her as Hawkeye. Right. And when she asks, and like, when it when the question of why comes up, it's because um, Kate actually at one point, I think it's on Young Avengers, Kate talks back to him. To Cap. Yes. Oh dear. With no like no concern or no fear, like she stood up for whatever she felt was right. Right. And and Steve was basically like. Clint's the only one who ever did that to me. <laughs> you are Hawkeye. Right. And for those who don't know, Hawkeye originally started off as a villain. Um, yes. One of the cool parts about some of those early parts of that story is that he he remembers this deeply. And he looks at Cap as somebody who almost saved him. Um, and he looks like he has – he's getting that feeling towards Kate as well. As like, you know, like he unabashedly, without her knowing, when, when he thinks she's sorry not around – he loves her like he, he gloats about her when yeah. when when uh, when he doesn't think that she's around <laughs> uh but it'll be really cool man i i i think kate bishop can uh increase the notability of the hawkeye name uh, jeremy jeremy renner has done fine in his in like his i am way i'm in way over my head <laughs> of it all yeah. Um, I think the best he did was in Civil War, where uh, he kind of was able to take down vision do you think they go with the hard of hearing aspect in this oh they already have oh is there are they doing um ear yeah there's um there's photos on set where you can see the earpiece in oh wow check them out (laughs) we're just talking about diversity man like human beings come in all kinds of shapes and colors and sometimes uh all kinds of ailments 
but we're still able to, because of the greatness of the human race, still able to uh, contribute, especially contribute to stories. So it's really cool to see them tackle that aspect here with this. And I think I may have saw a dog, which might be an allusion to Pizza Dog. And if that's the truth... I'm gonna cry. <laughs> and they do pizza dog. Pizza dog is great. The bit it looks like they are. There, there's a. There are some photos of a dog on set. Uh, pizza dog is great. I'm not even gonna spoil you, pizza dog. Yeah, I go back and uh, yeah, yeah, figure that out. <laughs> One of the uh, director. No, we have a directing team doing this. Bert and Birdie, a female uh, writing directing duo. Um, I don't know much of their films, but again, representation. Um, we're mm-hmm. also introducing the but character. also viewpoints. Yes. We're also introducing the character of Maya Lopez, uh, being played by Alaqua Cox. Um, Maya Lopez was born to Native American parents, and when her father is killed by the villainous Wilson Fisk, he uses his last words to beg the kingpin of crime to raise her. One of the few uh, deaf comic characters, her echo disguise includes a white handprint that covers most of her face. And it's the handprint, because when her father died, he placed his hand on her face and his hand was covered in blood. There's nothing more traumatizing... (laughs) for an origin than to be stained with the blood of your dying father. But our girl, uh, my Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, is an Olympic-level athlete, concert-level pianist, strong martial artist, highly skilled acrobat, gifted ballerina, but most notably, she spent time under the Ronin mantle in an attempt to hide her identity. Mm. So she has some ties to Ronin. Does she pick Ronin up while Hawkeye's doing all this stuff? Maybe. Who knows? Um, we got Florence Pugh supposed to be re- uh, reprising her Black Widow role of Yelena Belova. They don't want to say that she's going to be the new Black Widow because it hasn't <laughs> come out yet. <laughs> but that's basically what that says, right? Why else is she going to be in this doing this? Um, I'm Probably to cause Clint Barton more grief. I guess. Um, uh, oh, I mean, he can't... Uh, uh, maybe Florence Pugh and... and um, Haley Steinfeld is supposed to get together, like as a new Hawkeye Black Widow team. Because if I was, because if I was Clint, I don't want to hear from no new Hawk, new Black Widow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I, I, I had my moment in. Uh, damn it! Where, where, where's that? Where's that place they're always referencing? Oh, um, <clears throat> uh, Budapest. Budapest. Yeah, I'm about to say how the hell do we, like I always have that under my tongue, and right now I don't. Yeah. Um. Other cast members include Vera Famiga as Bishop's mother, Kate Bishop's mama, Fry Fee as the villain clown. I have no reference for that, but I'm assuming it's a clown. Soon. It's a clown of some sort. <laughs> Tony Dalton plays Swordsman, uh, which it's I read. It's not as overt a clown as you think. Okay. Uh, Tony Dalton plays Swordsman, which I read was the man who actually kind of sort of raised Hawkeye and trained him to be a criminal. Yes. Uh, taught him all these kind of cool, you know, skills, but also taught, taught, taught him how to steal and do a bunch of other bad stuff. Um, and we have Zahn McLaren as Echo's father. So Echo's dad's going to be in it, which means he's going to get got, which means that we're going to get Mm-mm-mm. Echo. Um, But I hear the it says Kingpin in here, man. Are we do, are we going what are we what are we doing here, bro? Like, I, I don't we, I don't I don't want to raise my alarms for that one. They could because they literally could just make it anybody. Oh, maybe swords maybe swordsman raises her. You know that would give Hawkeye a, an in, right? Yes. So that makes it's sense. only what. So that makes sense. Um, speaking of having an in, 
Let's talk about Riri Williams coming to the MCU and heading to Disney Plus with a new Ironheart series. That one is one of the more interesting choices I've seen. Right. Um, Marvel, that's also a brand new uh, character, less than five years old. Marvel Studios' Ironheart stars Dominique Thorne, known for If Beale Street Could Talk, as genius inventor Riri Williams, who creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man himself, Tony Stark. Riri was created by Brian Michael Bendis and designed by Mike Didato, and first appeared in Invincible Iron Man Volume 2, Number 7. She then made her first significant appearance two issues later. Uh, she starred in the, the third volume of Invincible Iron Man starting in late 2016 under the codename Ironheart, using armor designed by Stefano Casali, the artist of the new volume. Just a, she's a 15-year-old engineering student, lives with her mom after the death of her father, uh, went to MIT, super genius, got a scholarship, and builds this Iron Man-esque suit. And eventually, Tony Stark hears of all her accomplishments and her genius and agrees to meet her and endorses her decision to become a superheroine. But without RDJ, who do you think is going to bless Miss Miss Williams and allow her to take this Ironheart name? Um, I I think there's a possibility of getting rescue in there. Okay, their suits look pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I don't know about Rhodey. I, I, I and I'm basing this on personality. Rhodey seems a bit more hardline. Right, right. And you know? I mean that's like that. That's his. I can see him showing up and be like, "Get that off." <laughs> right. Like what the what the hell are you doing? I was. Cool. A, I'm not gonna lie. I was a bit discouraged. Not discouraged. I, I felt a bit bad when um they seemingly moved her further and further away from the Iron Man color scheme. I don't right. know if that was to be like, oh, this is a separate thing. But when she first shows up. She's rocking the, you know, the uh, Mustang red and the gold. Um, we'll see what we get as far as this is concerned. And yeah, she I don't kind think... of veered over to like a, a, a purple kind of deal. Yeah. I, we'll see if RDJ has recorded some tutorials before he passed away. He's like, you know what? <laughs> In case anybody finds this stuff, uh, they should know how to use it. Because what the MCU needed to redo was AI, Tony. Yeah, and I and I don't want them to go back to the well of her enemies are his enemies that are left over. Because right. <laughs> Tony, that just shows how much hatred Tony Stark has fostered over the over the years in the MCU. You stole from me, Tony. Like, oh, I was doing this uh, again. Another one. Oh my god. Uh, going from something I didn't know I wanted to something I've been waiting for since I read it. Christian Bale joins the cast of Thor: Love and Thunder as Gore, the God Butcher. Yes. Um, what blew my mind is in the press release for this, uh, Taika Watiti was, um, quoted as saying that when they were shooting Ragnarok, he was reading the storyline by Jason Aaron called the mighty Thor. And for those who don't know about it, he was saying it's incredible and full of emotion and love and thunder and it introduces for the first time a female Thor. And we all know that Jane Foster played by Natalie Portman is set to return and will become mighty Thor. We know Chris Hemsworth is already on for the sequel. Uh, Tessa Thompson's returning as Valkyrie, and now they're being returned by, I mean, man, one of the best comic book actors <laughs> of all time, uh, Christian Bale. Um, for those who don't know about Gore, Gore is one of Marvel's most deadly vin- villains, a god-hating alien who has possession of the all-black Necrosword, which is actually the first living symbiote. Born poor and desolate, his hatred for the gods began when he started to question why they abandoned him and his family. 
In his quest to rid the world of all deities, he has his sights set on Thor and spends millennia attempting and seemingly succeeding at killing the god of thunder. What do you think this means? Uh, are you excited for it? Is there too much? Are they gambling too much with this? I'm terribly excited for it. I, I know I have my issues with the uh, the uh, Taika Waititi direction of Thor. Right. But, like, in the, at the end of the day, I, I'm seeing this as, like, this movie wasn't supposed to happen. You know, Chris Hemsworth had cast his chips in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Ragnarok kind of revitalized him. And now I'm getting one of my favorite villains in a Thor movie. I just, I'm just trying to have the faith. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Ragnarok was a lot. I, I felt like in Ragnarok, I like I like the direction, but I also feel like Taika, it was mostly a Taika Watiti movie. Like, it, he he put some Thor elements in it, but it was all his flavor. Um, and I think he's actually starting to like Thor more. And if we can find a middle ground between Ragnarok and Jason Aaron, I think we might have this character pegged. I think Certainly. we might have figured this whole thing out. Um, what do you think about the portrayal of Gore in this? How do you think it's going to be done? We've seen so many characters like the Mandarin who was seemingly too scary and had to be brought back. <laughs> I mean, I have a quote here. My name is Gore, son of a nameless father, outcast of a forgotten world. I have slain my way through multitudes to stand here at the genesis of all things, blackened by vengeance, wet with holy blood, one simple dream still strong in my heart, the dream of a godless age. So, yeah, not, not you know, I, that wasn't a quip, you know, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think they're going to have for him? Are you picturing a full CGI character? Is this going to be prosthetics? Are they gonna I imagine it's going to be a lot Bale? of CGI. Um, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, uh, Christian Bale seems to be a pretty multifaceted actor, but I'm used to serious, foreboding Christian Bale. Are you aware of him ever doing a role with like extensive prosthetics? Mm, I am not aware. No. No, right? Like, I'm thinking that now. Like, so I, I I'd like to see it. I'd like to see how they're gonna Granted, make him. Christian Bale is. The kind of actor who puts himself through a lot of physical ridiculousness for a role. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he, they won't like, even. They'll forget to tell him that he's CGI, and he will find a way to look like this man by the end of his. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> he'll show up on set with no the... nose and be like, "This is what you wanted, wasn't it?" <laughs> like, yeah. No, Christian. Like, the man lost a ridiculous amount of weight to look like you know a drug addict in the fighter, and then gained a ridiculous amount of weight just to be dick. I was about to say, just to play a dick, which is yeah. like, that's a weird choice to make, but it, right. you know, to each his own. So, I mean, I think I think mentally he is, you know, he's in a space where he can put himself through a, an uncomfortable place to to get where he needs to be. Yeah. I, I think prosthetics or CGI beats, you know, the weight loss or right. gain. Totally, totally. And the guy's kind of sort of naked core for the most part uh he's yeah. rocking uh a symbiote hoodie uh that kind of wraps around his body and we'll see if they even do symbiote in this you know a lot of that stuff a lot of the vision uh vision or the visual a lot of the visual style of the way he uses the sword was shown in ragnarok with hella so right. I'll be interested to see what other way they can show this happen and what i mean they gotta have they gotta have him have the sword so 
We will see what happens. It's one of those few moments where the pedigree of the character and the pedigree of the actor match. And yes. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm totally down. Totally down for this. Um speaking of caliber of actor, we lost uh the leg the legendary Chadwick Boseman this year. And mm-hmm. to honor the legacy of him and his portrayal of King T'Challa, Marvel will not be recasting the character in Black Panther 2. Uh, instead, the sequel will continue to explore the uncomparable world of Wakanda and all the rich and varied characters introduced in the first film. Could you see a Black Panther film with no T'Challa? Would that still interest you? Um, it still interests me. I yeah. I, I like the other characters, and I'm, I'm willing to see where they're going to go with it. I'm curious to see if they are... If they're just, like, playing him in the background. Yeah. Like, you know, like, T'Challa is off doing kingly things. We are going to go do this. Right. I think, I think the best, uh, the thing that fell into their lap, seemingly, right, is the blip. You know? Yes. Um, and so, maybe this, maybe this takes place in those five years. Maybe this is when, um, Okoye is running things. Her and Shiri, maybe. Or Shiri also got... Did she get got in the in the snap? Um, I can't remember. Yes, I feel she like was. They, they, they did say she was gone. Yes. They they are... They ha- I mean, circumstances in life have written them into a corner. Yeah. But I... I mean, we, they got some of the best writers. In the, and literally, you know, um, Ryan Coogler returning, one of the best directors. I think they'll manage to dig themselves out of here. It's what that's going to look like, I think. Yeah. Um, it you know it sucks, but I think we're all gonna end up going into this one kind of like, like you you're gonna have to grade it on some kind of curve. Yeah. To yeah. out of respect for like the way the script just gets completely massacred by the what happened. Right. You know it it it, it, it it's a it's a toy that you've got to that fell apart and you've got to put it back together and that toy will never be the same as it was. Exactly. But do you think they they finished that film with giving us a new Black Panther? Um, do they do they have to? Do they owe it to us? Or I don't know if they owe it to us, but I think it's possible. I think I think you can sort of get away with the idea that like maybe T- T'Challa has decided. And again, like we're we're doing this weird thing where we're playing T'Challa in the background constantly. So you probably get a lot of this filtered through. Um, Angela Bassett's character, mm-hmm. but like maybe we end up, you know, T'Challa makes the decision that he needs to be a king in seat in office, and Black Panther needs to be out there. Okay, you know what I mean. And then we could have somebody like Sherry and maybe like an Umbaku, maybe like a you know like a yes two sides of the coin. I mean. You can literally say like T'Challa was the last great person that could tackle these two responsibilities at the same time. You know, right. <laughs> we're gonna have to split this up because no man is as great as him. <laughs> right, it's, especially if they're gonna do the thing like that. There is always that 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 weirdness in the comic books where, like, for them, for the Wakandans, it was King T'Challa, our king, is constantly in America. Yeah, yeah, messing with these Avengers. Right. And while I think Shuri could be a great ambassador, I don't necessarily see Umbaku being the most diplomatic when it comes to uh, right. other, de- you know, delegates and stuff like that. 
It'd be interesting to see, man. They they did they seemingly have a blank canvas to paint on, and uh, it's very important, man. They this thing changed the the the, the game literally the scope of the yeah. game, how movies are marketed, what directors get jobs came out of this film, you know. And yeah. so they have big shoes to fill. Uh, but I think they'll I think they'll do a great job. I think that I think the strength of this situation, and and I'm I'm speaking out of turn here, but I think the strength of the situation is is that. I believe that Disney has a strong level of faith in these people right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that like studio oversight isn't nearly as much of an issue as it seems with like when you talk about DC and WB. Right. Oh, you know? Yeah. yeah totally. Like the, the like studio oversight in WB films is ridiculous when it comes to that. And and that sort of micromanaging really messes with the creative process. I don't know if I don't know how much Disney is involved in that in the sense of like really driving where that story has to go post Chaswick Bozeman. Right. But... Cause they, they usually have to put, align all of them to some common destination. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think there's going to be, and I think a lot, I think that's a huge part of it too. Like if there's a long-term plan, we can only deviate so much. Right. So I think there's a room for experimentation that will be um, handled with some interesting gloves. I I like the what I perceive to be the ownership that Ryan Coogler takes of this film. Okay, he does feel like he cares about it. It's not just you know like a conveyor belt film that he was given on right. you know, on the slew of them, uh, and I think that that's important. Um, and I hope that he has the that pride. Uh, moving forward because it, it was that level of pride and it was that vision, that very unique vision that got us, you know, uh, that excellent movie in the first place. And it's just, it's it's kind of scary because, like, you know, it, it, it wasn't just, oh, man, Captain America Civil War was a really good movie. It was like, oh, man, I may have shaped something deeply woven into the culture. Right, right. This needs to be handled it, very delicately. The, and the toothpaste can't go back in. No. You know, the toothpaste is not going back in that in that tube. Uh, so, like I said, with, they've cast a huge shadow with, with Black Panther 1. And let's see if we can cast even a bigger shadow with Black Panther 2. But is there a shadow bigger than the shadow of Steve Rogers, GT? Uh, no, there may not be. Dedicated, you know, dedicated war hero. Uh... Uh, two wars, right? <laughs> Foreign yeah. and domestic. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's seemingly retiring. He's gotten. He went back in time, and he got his dance with his boo, and he's lived the life, his life long and full. But it seems like the world needs a Captain America. And while the two, uh, I guess, easy candidates, uh, Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, and Sam Wilson, Falcon, are arguing over it, seems like America's gonna make its own choice and uh, place one in the mantle. It looks like we're gonna get. Well, we we had heard rumblings. That we're gonna get U.S. agent in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, and that is confirmed. Um, but we actually got a trailer. And what did you think of this first look at Falcon and Winter Soldier? Um, before I begin, I will say uh, slightly off topic that we did also find out from this um, from all of these Disney's announced all of these Disney announcements that even though Captain America is retired, Chris Evans' years of service have not yet ended. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> He'll be yeah. He'll be sticking around for for a bit. Um, Space Force. Yes. Um, to infinity and beyond. 
but so great. Um, the trailer was great, and that you know that was the first like. We got two WandaVision trailers, and there's a lot of interesting, like, um, stuff going on in that. Yeah. But then there was the one scene in the Captain America trailer of um, uh, a, a falcon flying through all the rock formations that really tells you, like, oh, money was spent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what keeps me excited. I'm watching all these trailers, and they're mini-movies. And they're all going to link up in a way that Marvel Netflix never did. That Marvel Netflix was kind of always the stepchild of... Um, the MCU, and you yes. know, it, it was great that they were able to include Jarvis in Endgame, their one TV plug. But I, they, I wanted, I always wanted them to play more with it, and it looks like we're that that's what's going to happen with this. It also, looks I, like, I was very happy to know that Agent Carter is slightly canon. Right, right. Oh, I mean, <laughs> do you think she's in this? The I, other, I don't. the new Agent Carter, Agent Thirteen. Oh no, she is. Is she? Yes. There's, okay. Um, I, I will send it to you. There was some. Uh, there was some promotional art released that I believe, and I think she was already casted. Okay, that makes sense. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Zemo, he's returning. Yes, like so we, glad. Uh, like we said again, um, it looks like Echo's in this trailer. From what I described earlier about a woman uh, putting on disguise with a handprint over her face, I don't know what they're trying to tell me and why, yeah. they, would, why they would do those announcements back-to-back and have a, like a question mark. Because right. seemingly you gave, you gave me the answer. So if Echo is actually in this, these shows and all of this is tied way closer than we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't even think she's a, you know, a Falcon Winter Soldier kind of character. <laughs> but we I might be, think so. But we might be playing a little bit closer to the vest than we uh, usually do. Um, uh, to the earlier point, I think it's interesting in the, in the world of like... Um, where you have Falcon and Winter Soldier and even Sharon Carter, it's like you have you you explore what their place in the world is in a world without Shield. Yes. Yeah. You know, especially Sharon, who was like, uh, you know, probably out of, essentially out of a job at this point. And I want to see what happens in the comics, which is an eventual Avengers pushback. Yes. Which is like the government being like, you know what? Maybe we, maybe you know, that was fine when you did all that stuff. But I think we're about done with this. And if we're going to do this, we're going to do it a government-sanctioned Avengers. Right. You know, and that could be very, very interesting. There's a whole multiverse, you know, to play with when it comes to that. And speaking of which, uh, we got to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, uh, you're a huge Doctor Strange uh, film fan. I know that. We covered The Oath as part of this podcast in the past. Um, but the new news that we have... We know we knew that Sam Raimi was directing it. Former Spider-Man uh, director Ben Jimmy Cumberbatch is returning alongside Ben Dick Wong and Rachel McAdams, who are reprising their roles as Wong and Christine Palmer. And Mordo's coming back, Chiwetel Ejiofor, as well. The addition of Elizabeth Olsen, Wanda Maximoff is going to be in this, and America Chavez, uh, played by an actress named X Gomez. Her name, first name, is extremely hard to pronounce. But hopefully I'll figure it out soon. But the craziest thing is they slip in the synopsis that the Marvel Studios adventure set to debut in theaters on March 25th, 2021 will connect the events of next month's WandaVision and the upcoming Spider-Man film. Hmm. Confirmed. Written there. Marvel.com. So, you know, who would have thought a few years ago that like. Doctor Strange might be the most important character in the Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah. 
And look at um Wanda. Like, they didn't give Wanda no love in Age of Ultron. You know, she gets her suit at the end and then doesn't even rock that suit nowhere else, really. Um, you know, they um, that character has a huge arc. And when uh, we talk about WandaVision in general, like, we're going to see what she's made of. But one of the best parts of House of M, in my opinion, is when Doctor Strange is able to breach her security, whatever the heck, and yeah. just talk to her. He just gives her, like, a heart-to-heart because no one ever has. No one with the magical with the magical abilities has ever sat down with her and tried to explain things to her. Um, so maybe Doctor Strange does that in WandaVision and then she or maybe he no, maybe uh maybe in WandaVision something goes so wrong that it causes this film. You know? Yeah. That that could very quite possibly happen. Um, and I also you know, I've always ever since um the two uh, the movie Doctor Strange premiered, and we started using Wanda Maximoff more in the subsequent films. I've always found that, like, okay, we've created a distinct visual difference between uh, Doctor Strange's magic and Wanda Maximoff's magic. Right. And I'd like them to to sort of explore the idea of just like, okay, I know what I've learned, but this is something different. <laughs> I also think a lot of people now the layman doesn't know what Wanda's powers are no you know like they haven't really been described what was it she's he's fast and she's weird that was uh, it yeah that's all yeah and and even later her her best explanation of it is like you know i can move things with my mind right right speaking <laughs> of which is maria hill showing up in any of this um <laughs> what, what, what's going on with maria hill she killed she murdered i think i saw her name somewhere it might be it it might be Secret Invasion. Okay, that makes sense. With uh, yeah, with uh, Talos. Maybe Talos yeah. is gonna play Hell. Maybe there was never a Hell. Maybe it was always Talos. Oh jeez. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what happens when you open up the multiverse. You get all kinds of possibilities and stuff like that. Uh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think about that show. I just I, Secret Invasion. Uh, has always been a rocky topic for me as far as the MCU is concerned. Yeah, we'll see if they're even done with the scrolls come Captain Marvel 2. Right. You know, that's a whole that's a whole thing there. Um but like I go ahead, brother. I'm I'm deeply curious who the who that uh who that opposition is going to be in Captain Marvel 2 because like you you know you 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 write yourself to a corner when you have a character that powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to start playing with some big guns in uh, Cosmic Marvel, which yes. you better know now because last time y'all weren't even ready. Uh, Josh Whedon just put that purple guy in the trailer or in the, <laughs> in the, in the end credit, and y'all just have to deal with it. So yeah, I got some time to, and they have been planning. That's the craziest thing is you know while Endgame was coming out and being released, they knew it was done, so they were already getting on the ground floor of this. We yeah. just spent our first full year without Marvel. And now we're gonna have all this stuff to look forward to next year. It's it's incredible. It's really really cool. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a ride, and I I can only hope that people get less caught up in comparing it to the last run. Yeah, and and more into just enjoying the next ride. This break feels like a break like that. Like yeah. this now it, we're hitting a whole new level with when it comes to all this kind of stuff. And I can't freaking wait. Uh, oh man, this oh this gauntlet 
thing has a mind oh, of its geez. own. Uh, GT, I, I'm, I'm sorry. As quick as I, I came, is as quick as I gotta leave. But I, thanks so much for all of this, and I guess I'll speak to you soon. Let's let's not pop up in my bedroom ever again. Oh, I'm getting out of here. Uh, where the <coughs> Where's all this smoke coming from? Where the hell? Yogi? Is that you? Hey, you arrived safely. I'm glad to see it. You're so you're so zen. Is this <laughs> oh, what you I do think, when you're not on the podcast? I think we both know why I'm so zen. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought there was a fire going on here, but you seem safe and sound. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Escadero, a.k.a. Yogi, is here. I guess I'm here. <laughs> I'm where you're at. Which is fantastic because I was looking for the click. I was looking for our co-host of the Major Issues podcast. I've, I've already talked to Dan and I spoke a little bit to GT about some of the stuff that has been unloaded on us uh, with Disney's shareholders meeting or uh, investor day. I believe this is what they're calling it. Um, are you down to talk about some of these announcements? Absolutely. I'm all about investor day. The new <laughs> how many was this ever a thing? I was about before? to say how many how many um how much shares do you have to have to be invited to Investor Day? I had to find the link online. I didn't even know what was happening. Like if I buy a quarter of a share, am I do they only show me a quarter of a trailer? I feel like works? you have to have a significant portion to get all that goody goody. Right, right. And th- those good trailers. I was so pissed at some of the, at at some some of the uh, lack of trailers. And I understand it's licenses and things like that, but they don't bother to tell you. Right. So it's like, hey, and here's this new trailer for the amazing new thing. <laughs> and, and actually, no, it isn't. No, it isn't the new trailer. It's a paper that tells you you can't watch it. I know I know that I was having all sorts of aneurysms while this was going down, but you were dealing with it, I would even say, twice as much because they were also announcing a bunch of Star Wars properties. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I can't even get into it. It's a whole nother podcast. Worth the reason of- to live. Is what I oh what I call God. it. <laughs> that was literally the health boost. Like I have a family, I have three children, right. and then, and it was the Star Wars announcements <laughs> that made me change my life around. Yes, I will stay. <laughs> I will stay for the child. <laughs> no, yeah, I I totally get it, and I I think also, especially when it comes to the Marvel stuff, we had gone basically a year without any new content, and so unloading like this last time they did something like this was at comic-con when they gave up all the phases of the films and stuff this is way more disney plus oriented i feel like um, we get a slate reveal a thing once a year or something like that they just have that much stuff right (laughs) it's always because even when they announce like the slate then next year they'll announce details yeah you know there's always a thing yeah, because there's things here that they were that they announced and they gave us no details. I feel like they've mastered the right. bu- the the art of the buzz. Yes, they are really good at uh, laying down breadcrumb and getting us to follow it. Um, one of the things that had been being talked about for years was this idea of a Moon Knight series, but it's been officially uh, greenlit. It's going to happen. We have a logo treatment. Uh, it's 
the Disney Plus series centers on the character Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight, a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. These multiple identities who live inside him are distinct characters in the series and will appear against a backdrop, a backdrop of Egyptian iconography. The action-adventure Marvel Studios Moon Knight series created for Disney Plus is directed by Mohamed Diab. Diab is an Egyptian screenwriter and director whose work often centers on pressing issues concerning Egyptian society. I'm a bit dark on Moon Knight. Do you have any any insight on that character? I feel like the, I feel like I've never personally been able to get into Moon Knight because a lot of it's been all over the place. Right. Right. Some of it, I like. I tried to read Moon Knight once. It was written by Bendis at the time, and okay. it was strange. It was just the strangest book, and I it was pretty early in my comic reading. But but it honestly was not something I was into. I've always heard that I should check out Warren Alice's Moon Knight. It's the it's the it's the Moon Knight with the suit. Okay. Oh and yes, I, with I, the actual <laughs> yeah. I hear about friends, Bill Bill yeah. Savinovich's. I'm oh Bill Bill Sinowick. Sankowitz, Sankowitz. Yeah, I'm, I'm never. I he, uh, amazing artist. I just can never. I I can't get that name right, man. I, I, I so could never he get the name right, but they would ridicule me at my old job because of it. So now it's stuck with me forever, Mister Sankowitz. Mister Sankowitz. <laughs> yeah, I heard his run is also really really good with that character. We've got to check it out because we. I feel so bad. Like I want to be. I want to be able to jump into this, and now I'm gonna have to, so I can know what's going on with the show. But I feel like I should have already. Like I'm sorry to all the Moon Knight fans out there, but you'll never catch me on the internet saying that he's just Marvel's Batman, though. I, so that's what I was just gonna say. I was gonna say that he's often been compared to Batman. Uh, they're you know millionaire entrepreneurs. Uh, they use their wealth to pay for equipment. One has batarangs, one has moon rings. Um, but Moon Knight is like legit crazy. Uh, yeah, he's actually crazy. That much I've seen. I know, like very recently in Avengers, like he actually whooped out all the Avengers' asses, and it was amazing to see. So I've seen him in secondary positions like that. Right. You know where you get to see that he's crazy because he bounces off of other characters. Right. But. Uh, I remember early on, people were talking about Oscar Isaac was going to be playing him. He pretty, he got quote-unquote confirmed, but then when the actual confirmations happened... They kept that was under, no, under wraps. Yeah, so I'm now I'm like, did he actually get that... Uh, did he actually get that job? Was that a rumor? The stuff I see from Moon Knight now doesn't really scream Egyptian to me, though. So I'm very curious as to why they... Uh, it's the god Conchu. Uh, Conchu, right? Is that a ven- yeah. that's a vengeance, right? That's a th- yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's the Egyptian moon god Conchu. So like, even if they play with the other personalities, like in the end, there's still the backdrop of the actual Egyptian moon god, and like okay. the moon okay. itself is a hieroglyph, right? So right. it's there, and and I guess it's an and it's an opportunity to explore that kind of culture, where you don't usually get that Egyptian culture unless we're telling the freaking story of uh, Moses or something, right? You know, like we we never really play with that. So this should be interesting. I also want to see, you know, what ca- what other characters this character is going to bump into. 
um, obviously, just like a lot of other series, it's going to inform me. You know, that's the, its job is <laughs> to inform us regardless of whether or not we've read anything, but also be faithful in case you have read it so that there's an extra level of uh, of excitement there when you when you take it on. But I'm hoping that it's, it's good. I Like I said, I'm going to pick up a Moon Knight book. I just don't know which one yet, but that will definitely be happening in the near future. Um, from a book I've never read to a book I've read a bunch of times. Let's talk about the what I what I felt like was burying the lead. Like, why are people not making a big deal about this? Secret Invasion. Secret, Secret invasion, invasion is happening over at Marvel, uh, and it's supposed to be like a Nick Fury, Talos, buddy cop thing. Oh God, that sounds like that doesn't sound good at all. The way you just described no, it. No, <laughs> I mean it said all it says is Nick Fury and Talos are back. Now, um, there's not much said about what else. I mean, what other characters are going to be in it? But all it says is that um, the series showcases a faction of shapeshifting scrolls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. And we don't even know if that's a bad infiltration or a good infiltration because honestly, Talos ha- infiltrated the Earth many years ago. Yeah. And they made them seem like refugees. I don't want the inverted story. I don't want the reverse scrolls or uh, refugees away from their war-torn planet. And and we're like trying to tell them to leave. Like, I don't want it. Right. I know. I could totally get that. I don't want that story at all. And I can see the, uh, I don't know about appeal, but I can see why they would be attracted to that idea with some real world reflection. But like. Oh come on, man! Secret Invasion is really funny. It's really cool. It's yeah. a really cool story where the scrolls are bad guys and have been for a long time. And we can play this whole thing where characters that we've watched in all these movies were actually scrolls the whole time. That that's just... what I think is the bigger thing. The entire promotional tagline for the event when the comics was, "Who do you trust?" And like, it, it's not going to be enough for me if they're just getting like soccer moms. Not like you're a scroll, you know what I'm saying? It's like that's whack. What that is, is that? Whack. And and like no, are we saying no superheroes? Because that's almost you might as well not even do it. I wouldn't mind if it's a secret invasion where Nick Fury and Talos are the main characters, but they're still bouncing off of everybody else because they have to figure out who's real and who isn't, and then yeah, you get a final battle in the because he's Nick Fury, he has to recruit his people, you know. Like I feel like in the final battles, but. Yeah, I feel like in the final battle, though, yeah, Talos has sure. to stab him in the back or something, right? <laughs> At the, the end of this, going. we have to get we have to get the scrolls back on the. Because listen, bro, we're gonna talk about another film that that uh, that is dropping soon, and that opens the door for the super scroll. So mm-hmm. if we're doing super scroll, we need evil scrolls. We need to get this story back on on. on I feel like we're doing back. it in reverse because one of the coolest <laughs> we are thing. Doing it in reverse. <laughs> One of the coolest things about Secret Invasion is like, like I, I guess spoilers for a story from 14 or 12 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But uh, one of the coolest things about Secret Invasion is at the end when all the Super Scrolls come. Yeah. It's like yeah. Super Scrolls of all different combinations of Avengers and X-Men and all this nut What shit. about What about like the crazy, like out of this world stuff they could do with like the scroll that can't figure out if he's real or not? Like how they did with Marvel. Oh my god, that's that was so such awesome. a cool thing that they did there, um, and like heartbreaking. <laughs> like he thought he was a hero. Like all that stuff, really, really good stuff. But without 
um, heroes and without playing with our trust issues of like, oh my God, this entire time, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to where they're going to go. All I can think of is Maria Hill, maybe? Is she a scroll for more, life? Like I'm more confused at the fact that it's a Disney Plus series. I yeah. was so... So the rumor came out actually like fucking six months ago or something i don't know right but like it where where it's like secret invasion is going to be the disney plus show that leads into captain marvel 2 and i thought that didn't make any sense <laughs> right <laughs> right i didn't make any sense to me at all so i'm still not digging this idea of this big story or what could be the big story being shoved into like a small little corner here i kind of wanted it to be this universe affecting thing and it still can i guess like we don't know how they're formatting these disney plus shows right. we're still used to an mcu where they ignore all their tv so when we are when, when i hear tv i'm like a little weary about yeah because you're like oh they're gonna ignore it but they seem to be tying this stuff in even closer but in the same sense i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth but in the same sense uh we also have that issue where you would think that they would want to create films that don't necessarily lean on anything. Oh no! no I no, want no, I want them to lean on everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want it. I want everything to be uh, mentioned and and called back to. But you know, do they? I think overall, I guess I, maybe they should be wanting to push people to Disney Plus. I think they do. I think this time around is not going to be like the way they treated Marvel Jeff Loeb's Marvel TV. You yeah. know, like this, this nasty stepchild that doesn't exist. But um, it really seems like because they, they were speaking about it during Investor Day where it's like they were straight up saying what's going to be connecting to what like WandaVision connects to Doctor Strange, connects to Spider-Man, yeah. you know, like all these shows. And uh, what connects to Loki? Something surprising. And I was like, really? But um, yeah, yeah it, it's all it, it. They absolutely want to make you go from Disney Plus to theater to Disney Plus. Right. Right, and I mean they keep pushing out stuff like this. I'm gonna end up doing it. The thing with Secret Invasion to me, the reason why, like when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" is because my my Marvel journey was very much in that time frame of Civil War, Secret Invasion, uh, Dark Avengers, Siege, and I can't remember what comes after that. But those those crossovers were so tightly connected to each other like because of the events of civil war and then because of the events of secret invasion and then because of the events of uh dark avengers and all that kind of stuff that well that introducing the domino of secret invasion i wonder if it is going to lead to the rest of that stuff um i wonder if the other stuff has already led to this yeah they could have done it in reverse um and and i could also see them realizing where they want to get and now picking up the pieces and going, okay, so we'll put a little bit... Like what they did with the Infinity Stones. I argue that they didn't know necessarily in the beginning that that's what they were going to do, you know? I, I think that that's why you have a Cosmic Cube-esque and a thing, item. See, I, I don't... A, a I actually stone? think that they... I think that they had that all the way through because I, I kind of... On the rewatch there, I was like, oh... That's that's there there were uh, there were really obvious Infinity Stone uh, references and things that I saw in Phase One. I, I wish they like, would have oh, came shit. up with a better Reality Stone. Is all I gotta say then. For sure, that was a, <laughs> I wish I could have came up with a whole better movie around yeah. the Reality Stone. Yeah, yeah, I think that looking back now, 
uh, in phase, I guess, whatever the last phase was, three? Three, yeah. Uh, you're going to see that there were a lot of things laid down. Like the overly aggressive Thaddeus Ross. Yeah. Or the um, or the Skrulls introducing Captain Marvel and then left behind on Earth. Or Spider-Man. Spider-Man had that zinger. Nick Fury in space. Yeah. The fuck? The uh, J- Jonah Jameson. Right. What we thought was a cute cameo turned out to be the beginning of the freaking multiverse. Yeah. So I think and there's a lot of that. they that concept there. of the multiverse in that film as well. Yeah, and and I actually I hated that, but I really knew that they had to come back later after just mentioning a multiverse, even if it was a fake out. Like right. you can't, you can't not do this now for real. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you already got this far. You got to get across the line. Um, with yeah, like everything seems to point to something breaking, something fracturing. But I wonder why would you do so much time travel, so much magic, so much espionage stuff like this unless you're trying to undo something am i wrong to think that i don't know about undo i think they're trying to add or retcon i guess is the i I think they're trying to add in a piece that doesn't fit and act like it's always and act like it always fit act like it was always there i don't know that you have to act like it was always there i think you can do a thing okay so i we, we we should probably uh, because I honestly we're gonna talk about Fantastic Four today, and I wanted to, I, I honestly think where 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 the MCU is headed. Do you want to get Armored Wars out of the way? So we should probably get Armored <laughs> Wars out of the way. Before, All right, before. uh, Rhodey's uh, Don Cheeto, aka Rhodey's gonna be in a show called Armor Wars. Uh, that's basically a Tony Stark story in which he learns that his Iron Man tech has been stolen and being used without his knowledge. He finds out that a bunch of uh villains have been using it and takes them down one by one and also learns that the villain spymaster has sold his tech to Stark's rival Justin Hammer. You think we got Hammer in this? How much time? You have to. He's not and dead, he has is to do he? that dance. That's, what, that's the only reason why I want him around. Do that dance when he walked out in the Stark Expo. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a man so happy. Um, uh, Don Cheadle, you know, a lot of people say he do, he hasn't been getting his you know fair share in the roadie. Uh, I feel like I don't know what else they wanted. He had pretty significant parts in all the Iron Man movies, yeah. and he was a pretty prominent Avenger. I but think this- <laughs> I think the idea is that they never really bonded because we had the other one. Like, it never really <laughs> felt right there. And I don't, I honestly don't know Rhodey that much. Where I'm like, what wrinkles are going to be shown in this, in Armor Wars? Um, I think this is more to set up some villains. Or maybe bring back Justin Hammer. Um, but who the heck knows? I, I think hoping- they want to play with Tony's um, rogues gallery. You know, the, the tornado. Right. And-, and, and I'm thinking about that, but they're also doing. Ironheart. It seems weird to do a lot of. It depends Iron on which Man one comes without first. Iron Man, right? Well, I mean, I saw it coming. Like it, it was really. I feel like the Ironheart thing has been in the works forever. Like we just probably since this got ri- written, right? And yeah. then we got Har- Harley, Hartley, Hart, uh Tony Stark's fr- little boyfriend, uh, little friend. Oh, Harley, yeah, Harley, Harley, little the, boyfriend, the little boy. <laughs> Hardly not yet. little boyfriend. Tony Stark was not a pedophile. Right. I am not trying to imply that. Right. No. Um. Yeah. It's hardly. Uh, the little overly smart kid who can probably build his own suit. Right. Right. No. To- <laughs> totally. And I mean, I think but that's what I'm saying. Like I, you add this now wrinkle with Riri Williams 
you have like I what does Rhodey talk to her? Does Rhodey mentor her? Like is that a thing? Does he show up? I in? think he's a mentor, but like if Rhodey's a mentor, like is that racist? That's also true. But I mean, you don't want to get advice from Happy on a situation <laughs> like that. <laughs> What does Happy know about my child? Bro, he doesn't even know how to flip the camera. <laughs> he doesn't know how to flip the screen. Flip it. Just flip the screen. And that guy Happy only ever talks to that Peter kid. He doesn't seem to like me. That's true. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to be fine. But, uh, man, listen, the, the the main course of this is uh, Marvel announcing that it's bringing uh, its most iconic family to the big screen with the release of Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four. Spider-Man veteran uh, John Watts is on board to direct. Ah. What What do you think this means for the MCU? What does taking this set of toys off the shelf mean for the for what there could possibly uh, show up in the future? And I think I, I instantly to me the first thing I think of when I think of the Fantastic Four, besides them being a great team, is I think of Doom. And I think there's so many stories that lead from Doom, but we also got the confirmation of Kang, right? So, like, that's a direct tie-in to the Fantastic Four. Yeah, in a, in a way, yeah, especially uh, just based on Kang's name and how he got it. I know a lot of people yeah. initially were like, Fuck, that's his father, but it's like he stole the name. He, he got inspired by Reed's time-traveling dad right. to use that name or whatever, but that implies that Reed's dad is out there time-traveling, which means that the F4 is out there, too. So... Yeah. It's it's so they definitely had to once you kind of announce Kang and confirm him. It only makes sense to just give them a number four with the Marvel Studios logo on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you literally did nothing and said that who was directing. That was it. You didn't cast any of the people. You didn't say who the villain was. I because of everything that I've seen with the Fantastic Four, I kind of want the mole man. I kind of want them to put Doom on ice for just for a second. You understand? Give him the yeah, Joker it could treatment. Yeah, the second movie. Yeah, give, give him, him a Joker a treatment like how you did with the Dark Knight, where we see our team. Jo- like this is give them the squash match. You know, give them the match, the enhancement match, so we can see what they can do, and then we put them in a feud. Uh, I think you put him. You do put him in the first movie though. Just set up the uh, Victor. The, you put Victor the himself. Old, Make sure you kind of show Reed being a dick to him. Yeah. And, and <laughs> in high school or something, you know. Yeah, I didn't uh, get As a matter of fact, from the last Fantastic Four, I didn't even get that that uh, Victor had a thing for Sue. Which, that's a thing that happens. That uh, is a thing that happens. And, yeah. Hmm. I honestly didn't ever... I've never seen the, the most recent Fantastic Whoa. Four. Whoa. Just so many I bad... Don't. So much bad... From the get, from the interviews, when the chick that plays Sue said, uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but she was like, we don't have to read any comics. I don't know anything about this character. There's something to that effect Yeah, that I was like, oops, this is not for me. That's I will ridiculous. never be watching this thing, <laughs> and of course my uh, I was my I was justified in my decision. But um, yeah. as for Doom. As for Doom, definitely don't make him the focal point of the first movie unless we're rushing to get to whatever the big Marvel thing is. I don't I don't think we are. I think that it's taking a nice slow burn and this whole slate is just set up. I you know, we got the Fantastic Four, but the roster, um, you know, there's been all kinds of changes to it, uh, depending on subs, people subs subbing in and stuff like that. But two new members 
over the last couple of decades have been Valeria and Franklin Richards. Do you think oh, we get them in in this? You got to. You have to do yeah. this version of the Fantastic Four where it's a full family now because um, they wasted the opportunity, the other opportunities already. Right. It's like, uh, I was going to say, it's like doing another Batman Joker movie. Right. But they absolutely would do that. <laughs> yes, they would. So, <laughs> We're about um, to get our third uh, Power Rangers reboot <laughs> coming up soon. <laughs> I'm not too excited about John Watts. Uh, on this, if only because the only other superhero stuff I know of his is uh, Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, the MCU stuff. And I'm not the biggest. I don't hate these Spider-Man movies at all. I think they're entertaining. I think they're about as entertaining as uh, High School Musical or any other I, I like I like the film. first Spider-Man film more. I think the second one is better because it wasn't just the... It wasn't a straight up like... Uh, I was going to say, it wasn't a straight-up Iron Man t- movie. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> but, you know what my beef is? What I think with it, and it's me being a bit of a snob? Not much New York. I get that. But I, I think th- they I think wanted to... Spidey, I think of like all those skyscrapers and stuff. Not like a He's damn. supposed to be the friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man, and they took him to all these other neighborhoods. Took him to Europe. Well, that they took him to other uh, uh, countries that they were hoping to do well with ticket sales in. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was, right? Yeah. We're going to fly this fucking baby He doesn't have to be a local up. hero. He can totally I'm t- I'm be available I'm sick and tired of MCU Spider. I'm sorry. Like, I think the movies are fine. So, I think so your your fine. your crux is you, you don't like the mentorship between that's him maybe. and Iron Man? I know for a fact that's one of the factors. Okay. Oh. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm that's here. that's for sure. The they they lean on Iron Man so much in that first and second movie that I was like, God, I want to see Peter. Like I, we waited all this time, right, to get him in the MCU, and now he's uh he's Iron Man Junior rather than Iron Peter Man Parker. <laughs> but um, like they like some like if I was had if I've been asked this past week who do I think was a better version of Peter Parker and his love interest, whoever it was, Mary Jane. And uh, or uh, Gwen Stacy, right. and honestly, truly, when I look at this Peter and this Mary Jane in the MCU, and I compare them to like Andrew Garfield's Peter and Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. like it's like those amazing movies probably weren't as good <laughs> as amazing. <laughs> the portrayal of Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy was a lot. More accurate and pleasing to me. It's better for my palate, right? Than than uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya. I think the first. I think Amazing Spider-Man one is passable. Two's a bit messy, but honestly, wholeheartedly, what saved both those films for me was Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. I thought that their chemistry was amazing, amazing, and even when they had to break up and all that stuff, and Emma playing. Gwen and the way Gwen was written, she wasn't a damsel in distress. She wasn't constantly screaming and and I mean, if she would have been wet for an upside down kiss, uh, that would have been fine too. I would not complain. (laughs) Right, that would have totally been fine too. But you know, it was cool to see her like telling him what to do. You know, that was kind of cool in that sense there. But yeah, it's different strokes for different folks. So I have to ask, what does Marvel? Is there something that Marvel has to nail? To get this family right in your eyes, 
It's the dynamic. It's the family dynamic. It's not just one. Every character is one dimension. Because I mean, I think even back to like the cheesy 2005 Fantastic Four movies, which I actually think were uh, fine. Yeah. Fantastic Four movies. I really don't think they're bad. Uh, well, I don't think the first one is bad. Right. Um, and the and, the, is, and that Silver Surfer scene in the second one is pretty cool. That's always cool. There's uh, there was definitely scenes I could pull out of the second one, um, not the Galactus Cloud. No, but on the um, abs. <laughs> the dynamic that you need is is there's multiple layers there. You have Johnny and Thing, the sibling dynamic. Yeah, and you have Johnny and Sue. Even though Sue's his sibling, she really treats him like she's his mother. Right, and then you have Johnny and Reed. Yep. They're polar opposites, but they're related here, so they have, they're stuck with each other. They're family. Yep. And then if you add the kids, you have even more layers you uncle, now. You have because uncle stuff with the uncle, <laughs> uncle Johnny, who's surprisingly profound sometimes, yeah. and an uncle thing who's surprisingly out of his element. Yeah. And then mom and dad read who've gone from the figurative mom and dad to the literal mom and dad. Yeah. Yep. So it's like all this is a very delicate thing. Like it has to. All of this has to work together for it to feel like the Fantastic Four. One of the things that I would love, but I, I don't know if they would even dare go in this sort of direction, is um, one of the things that fascinated me the most about the Fantastic Four, you had recommended the Jonathan Hickman run, and if you guys haven't read it, please do. I couldn't put the thing down. It's a, it's a million issues, but I couldn't put the thing down. It was so good. Uh, and one of the things that made me raise an eyebrow and go, oh, I didn't realize this about this character, is how, uh, what's the word? How pragmatic, I guess, um, Reed Richards can be sometimes. Like how <laughs> uh, how his curiosity and just pulls at him and pulls at him and can make him do some kind of unethical, I guess you would say, unethical things. Or He's always on the edge. Right. I think the, the thing about our read or this version of read when compared to other versions of read in that particular Jonathan Hickman book yeah. is that he always has his family to pull him back. Right. If it's not Sue threatening him, <laughs> like it's just the kids learning from him and being affected or something or Johnny making a mistake that Reed could have prevented but he was too busy in his lab or, or something the guy's aloof yes yeah, it's, yeah. he's just completely no aloof. he totally is um so with this uh with the you want the fantastic car yeah yeah no i i think um i wanted to say that once we introduce doom now, which is, I think, the most important thing that we're trying to get here. Because I honestly think when... I think that Kevin Feige's thinking, like, 10 years ahead of us. He's uh, He's got yeah. the giant ending to the next chapter planned out. I can see that. And I think getting these characters out there as soon as possible is part of that plan. Right. Personally, I think we're leading towards the Secret Wars. I don't know that it's going to be directly adapted from any particular version of it, but I do think it's going to take cues from the most recent version where the multiverse collapsed in on itself and then the pieces of it were pulled in by Dr. Doom, who'd been imbued with God powers yes. and who dis- and who kept it all together. So two, th- two things that I think kind of help your theory. One, I can totally see um, them doing a situation where um, they show that God Doom or Doom in general is leagues above Thanos. I can totally see them, you know, putting that, oh, that to that rest. Scene. 
Yeah. And, There's this and legendary like, scene yeah. where he just rips out Thanos' spine. And think about it. At that time, he was our most feared person. You So you do something like that, you said Doom off, off the rip. But the second thing is, that story dealt with a lot of uh, multiverse stuff and a lot of different versions of stuff. And this phase, bro, Mar- uh, Captain Marvel has three Captain Marvels in it. Or three Marvel-esque people in it. It's going to have uh, Photon, a.k.a. the other Miss Marvel. Uh, it's going to have Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and then the Captain. Uh, we are already confirming two Thors in Thor. We are already confirming three Spider, or you know the the rumors are three Spider Man, Spider Men in Spider Man. Uh, we have two people that are going to be rocking Stark Tech armors, uh, flying around. So they're setting up for something. Two Hawks, like even a bigger, yeah, two Hawks, even a bigger. Um, up oh, two Hawkeyes. <laughs> we can do this all yeah. day. <laughs> You're gonna get a Black Panther, uh, a legacy character for Black Panther eventually somewhere down the line. Um, so yeah, we- I think actually I want to just randomly. I told Greg that I think they're gonna be three Black Panthers. I think it's because I don't think that the act the actress who plays Shuri can carry a franchise. Yeah, yeah. So, but there are more uh, veteran actresses right in that cast yeah. where you have uh dora the dora malai uh, oh, i forgot okoye. her name deny deny guerrero <laughs> yeah oh, oh Den- okoye deny guerrero okoye yeah. yeah and uh and lupita's character and i kind of think all three of them are going to be like black panther yeah get, like three versions of them because I, I was that's the most important thing carrying the franchise right so like yeah. i honestly think he's going to take all three of them so now another multiple what do you think about the uh the like uh hype around umbaku possibly taking that i don't know that seems kind of weird i think he makes a great villain so it's like i, think I don't want to take him out of that role yeah yeah and there's also just the lore like mbaku the man a being the black panther is like normally the worst thing that can happen to wakanda yeah that's what i'm saying so you keep that keep that open <laughs> yeah let's leave that alone um last thing on the fantastic four how are they here? <laughs> I guess is the best question I can ask. Have they always been here? Have they been on mission for some time? Are we going to retcon it with some of this time travel multiverse stuff where they get back and they're here already? What What's your uh, suspicion with this? I think they got caught up in the Thanos snap. Because remember, they were really suspe- uh, really specific about the idea that when Thanos snapped, he let out cosmic energies that surrounded the entire Earth. Okay. And cos- cosmic energies are what gave the Fantastic Four their power in the first place. Okay. So uh, they were probably going out into space, maybe unauthorized, at the same moment that the snap happened, or something like that. Yeah, that And then sense. they got their they got their powers. I think that they're the easiest people to place in the MCU because you can just start them. Yeah, that's true. I guess you, you. I, I guess there's always the idea that they are their first family. So like, but why would you go through all the trouble of trying to make them first? You can literally just start them whenever. Yeah. But um, the X Men are the ones that are the issue. And another thing is, if you start them from the get, you can't necessarily start them with the children. No, no, I, I, you definitely can't. I think that you do the thing where they got their powers five years ago. Yeah, yeah. When the snap happened, and then we've already jumped ahead in th- in time. So are the kids they have twins? A child. They're twins, right? No, they're not twins. No, they're not. Jonathan Valeria's was older. born first. Uh, uh, Franklin was born first. Oh, Franklin's older. Okay. Valeria's smarter because Franklin. I guess that's why Frank- I thought she was older. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, Valeria's thing is that she's as smart as her dad, but she's eight. So she'll be smarter than him right? Uh, by his age. And then Franklin's thing is that, you know, he's ultra, multi, universal, powerful. Right. You know, like, but yeah, he's older and she's smarter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I, 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 I want to see the whole family, to be honest. I want to see Pregnant, too, <laughs> to be stronger than everyone else on the Fantastic Four, though. I feel like we need that moment, like... There's a Society. bunch of badass Sue moments Reg- in that Hickman run that I they can just oh man, she genuinely is the most powerful member of the team, and I feel yeah. like regular. And she's always been kind of portrayed as like the yet. house mom, like I think, literally. I like, think we need. Do that. I, you guys want me to pack your lunches? I think that's the best yeah. though. That's like the best part about it because she's like down. She oh, handles her mom it, business, it, like, even Civil War. You know, Civil War came around. She was like, "I'm out. Oh, this is God. all crazy." <laughs> My boy Johnny Johnny Storm got uh, hate crime in Civil War. He <laughs> getting crazy out of control. <laughs> but listen, I've been t- doing a lot of uh, you know watching of t- television, and you know one of the, my favorite shows recently has been Doom Patrol because it's been absolutely bonkers. Uh, you know, it doesn't really care whether or not you're you're down with some of the concepts it's doing, but it has the confidence to do them. I got those vibes watching the WandaVision trailer. How crazy do you think this is going to get? Uh, we see um, that it, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are returning in their roles as Wanda and Vision, respectively. And it looks like they have a idealized suburban life, but things may not be what they seem. Yeah, um... I, I honestly immediately saw it as a blend book, of House right? of M yeah. and Tom King's Division in the Vision book, and they were like taking cues from even like other Tom King works, like that Mister Miracle book yeah. with the uh, with the glitching being representative of the yeah. broken the, the removal. From I, didn't, I didn't even attach it to that, but um, yeah, that trailer looked wild. That's what that is. Yeah, Tom oh, was King he? was totally complaining about it on Facebook. <laughs> he wasn't complaining, but he's like, like he posted a side by side of <laughs> the glitch effect in Mister Miracle, funny. and then the glitch effect in and that's uh, funny. Yeah, wow. he was like, "Oh, I see." <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I honestly, the One Division show is the one of the most intriguing to me right now, if only because of what they yeah, looks uh, like they're trying Tom to do. Ki- that Tom Kevin, that Tom Vision, Tom King Vision book. <laughs> Sorry, it's the it's the uh, dimensional warping. It's the, it's the dimensional warping. Tom that Tom Vision. King Vision book um, was one of the most surprising uh, books I had read in a while. I heard it was good, but that thing floored me. Um, and the ex- existential stuff that they deal with in that is crazy. I also just saw Ex Machina, so like the idea of like people falling in love with robots and all this other kind of stuff really bugging me out a little bit. Uh, but man like they this this trailer it has the monkey's song uh daydream believer in it and it's like this real serene thing and then it just starts to like fall apart and come like the the instruments start crashing more and more by the time you get to the end not to jump over everything else but it, like the army's coming through to get wanda is that what's coming through that's what i think is one of the that's what's happening. So do you think this is grief? You think this is grief? I think that's over one the of the coolest division. parts like about this. Trying to put things together. That's pretty. Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what I think it is. Like she's griefed to the she's grief stricken to the point that 
she's broken reality yeah. around her for everyone. Because she because somehow Every, like all of she us. managed to conjure vision here. And he shouldn't be here. And so to keep and him here she did. and to keep the literally the idealized suburban life, you know, so because at one point somebody there's somebody seemingly is trying to get in contact with her and they're asking her, who's doing this to you? Um, but you're, you're saying that she might be she might be totally doing this herself, maybe not knowing she's doing it. Yeah. Nah, she's totally doing it subconsciously. She's uh, she's some guy. I mean, this is like the it's it's not even that I'm like predicting a fuck uh, a movie or a TV show or anything. It's like the natural thing I think that would happen if someone with that kind of power was grief stricken. To like, I have the chaos magic that can warp reality around me. I subconsciously wa- wa- brought back the love of my life, and I didn't even yeah. question it because I love them so much that no matter how weird reality is around me, and no matter how messed up everything is getting, even if the back of my mind is telling me that something is wrong, I'm not even gonna try to fix this. Not only that, but I, I can see back. I can see a portion I got my of my man her back, being and like, now we have kids. I got my man back, and no one cared that he was dead. So I don't owe none of y'all nothing. I don't owe True none that. of y'all Nobody nothing. Nobody even mentioned y'all him all, at the funeral. Everyone was I, like, "Oh, let's bring everybody back," and my boyfriend's dead. So one of the one of the things about this is going to be cool is seeing how they um yes how they introduce the kids. There's a scene of her being pregnant, it's like the um, twins, which is interesting and. There's a rumor that holding we might even two babies. get some Quicksilver um, appearances in this. Yeah, that makes sense. There's no, there's absolutely yeah. no reason in the world why not. Uh, I'm definitely interested though, because I know in the, uh, you know, Wanda has the ba- Wanda has babies in the in original yeah. lore by Vision that she created on her own with chaos magic. Doctor right. Strange is there to deliver them. But later on, Doctor Strange is also the guy who's it's, like, I think These that's one of the most real. touching moments Wonder. of House of M. That how he gets through to her during the big war. Um, do you see that something similar to happening here? We know that Elizabeth Olsen is confirmed to be in Doctor Strange. Is Doctor Strange going to be the mediator in this war between Wanda, Vision, and I guess the army? Or we see Agent Jimmy Woo, you know, uh, from M. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Randall Park. Yeah, Agent Darcy's also there. there. Uh, Darcy. The, uh, beautiful Kat Dennings. Is she, on, is she? Is she part of Sword? That'd be pretty cool. Said? That'd be a, a step up. I wonder I if she, she knows. Is. I wonder if she's going to be our I think both her conduit and to find out what happened with Jane. I wonder if she's even t- still talking to Jane. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, we might find that, we might find that out then. You know, ever since, uh, she, ever since some weird raccoon jumped on her. <laughs> We don't know what happened there. <laughs> She's got rabies. No, but um, yeah. So I've honestly, why, I think, uh, I think Doctor Strange will be in this towards the end. I guess. Uh, <laughs> why not? Huh? I think it's just representative of okay. other parts of the Marvel universe. Like people, we couldn't get, you know, we couldn't yeah, get yeah. Brie Brie Larson. But uh, I don't think that they could Brie Larson and she was the replacement. I'm just saying, like, when they were thinking of how do we represent these other parts of the universe, we bring in Darcy and we bring in Jimmy Woo and we bring in uh, oh, you know what? a grown-up they version also, of Monica. Because they also people might are be trying be to tie curious in. about that. Because, like, Captain Marvel doesn't know um, Scarlet Witch from a hole in the wall, right? 
Right. So maybe that's what this, no, some of this been. stuff is. Connected tissue to get some of those guys together. Or I think Mar I think since Monica then never gets yeah. to be Captain Marvel in this universe. Or maybe we get a warped version or Photon where or Spectrum she is Captain or one of the Marvel. And it's just like sounding uh, names that she That would suck to skip you can't skip Captain Marvel. Right. Like, that was the first. <laughs> like you can't skip the Captain Marvel yeah. part. She was Captain Marvel first, like, 100%. before Carol ever got to be Captain Marvel. Monica was she, there. I, I guess. Like have to oh, and you know what? Somehow, you know even what? if it's like a Monica Rambo Secret War. You understand? So yeah. all signs are pointing. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the people, the creative behind this show, but from what I've seen so far, it looks awesome. And just That's like the thing, man. Like, away. so we'll see. When, when she comes and she's like, uh, you know, this is our home or whatever, then we'll fight for it, whatever, and it's her and Vision. And I also want to believe it's not really Vision there. It's, <laughs> it's her idea of what Vision is. Um, like, it, it's hard, because that whole thing, like, I know it's almost like, Seeing the trailer to the Titanic, if the film had never came out, like I know what the tragedy is gonna be, like I know how this works. Um, so Matt Shackman, who's directing um, uh, Wandavision, he's done uh, Game of Thrones, Fargo, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, I was just looking at his other stuff: Succession, The Boys, um, Billions, American Gothic, The Good Wife. Uh, so I said psych, but he definitely did. He definitely was in psych. House, everybody hates Chris. I'm looking for something where, like, he did the whole show. (laughs) I think he's just a television episode. From what it sounds like, (laughs) so maybe that might be his biggest. From what from what it sounds like, forty three, forty three. You said thirty three, forty three. That's the one then. Would you call no. It's Always Sunny a <laughs> No, sitcom? I mean, it, it, it kind of plays with that. If anything, he'll be good at playing, <laughs> making fun of sitcoms. On this list? Oh, like, are you talking about, Do yeah, like, have laugh tracks and, sitcoms, you know? Like, a, like that aren't just, like, yeah, yeah, like, that aren't just rehash. Right, you're you know, like, I don't think it counts that sounds when it's, familiar. like, the like it was one of those yeah, It's just Roseanne again. Grace and Frankie. But, he uh, directed an episode of Grace and Frankie. That sounds very sick. <laughs> that sounds very sitcom <laughs> Doesn't it sound sitcom I don't even know what that the, is. The <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> Coming on after Grace and Frankie, the news. Um, yeah, I don't... <laughs> this, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here. And there, there, seemingly there was two directors on that. Uh, Matt Shackman... And where did I put the other guy? Jack Schaefer. Don't know. Jack Schaefer working as head writer. But, but this thing is around the corner, and I can't wait to. I don't to know any my of these men. I'm sorry. Uh, we've been sitting here trying to postulate what we think is going to happen with the Marvel Universe, given the the pieces that we've gotten and the ones that we're seemingly going to get soon. But they're going to throw all that against the wall when they give us Marvel What If. We, they dropped the trailer for this as well. Uh, Marvel What If, which takes uh, inspiration from the comic books of the same name, flips the script on the MCU and reimagines famous events from the films in unexpected ways. As revealed last year, each episode will explore a pivotal moment from the MCU and turn it on its head, leading the audience into uncharted territories such as 
What if Peggy Carter was the one to become the super soldier? What if focuses on different heroes from the MCU, featuring a voice cast that includes a host of stars who reprise their roles? The series will star Jeffrey Wright as the voice of the Watcher. And it's directed by Brian Andrews, with Ashley Bradley serving as head writer. And it's set to premiere next summer. What a cool trailer, though. It was a pretty cool trailer. I thought um, it was interesting to see that the... There was a regular Doctor Arthur's, Strange and an evil Doctor Strange or some Doctor kind of Strange thing, right? The hour... I had a theory that this what if show isn't just going to be a random what if show. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, we're going to just explore and see what's going on in this world. Like, I honestly think there's a, someone U- Uatu is talking to who we know or who can who will connect us back to the no, MCU. No, there's at one point I there's a, show, Doctor a Strange. I think it's watching. Doctor Strange. Which I honestly so this comes out a version of himself, but I don't know what all that means in the scope, you know? Right? In the scope so of comes, things that I'm not too sure, but you're 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 right with that. What I was most surprised with is I knew that they were going to flip scripts on famous events. I didn't know that they were going to basically animate them shot for shot, which I thought was pretty cool. Or That's pretty cool. I thought like the guard, like the T'Challa as um, really, really cool Star Lord or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I think the coolest thing is that where originally this yeah. seemed like it was gonna be yeah. literally like what if, like so what, you know, like it doesn't matter. hundred percent. No, like this is actually exploring this new Marvel it can multiverse totally be like that we've the, established. The, um, That's what this show is actually doing. So Spider Verse, the first book where they yeah so so now now i was gonna say so i think that the reason we're establishing a multiverse where different people ended up as other versions of themselves is because when we do that secret war movie we can now bring these people yeah. in like and i know t'challa star lord was probably going to be one of them it's really messed up that we're not going to get stuff like that but i honestly believe when the multiverse eventually collapses, showing up with that shield. We, we're going to be you pulling from yeah, what if and all shield. the other multiverse stuff absolutely 100 percent, 1000 percent. that's happening on screen like and I'm 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 excited for this yeah. so much more now that i'm realizing what it actually is like, that is that's set so to have cool. 10 episodes they where decided as I'm to do looking that at everything that else, way. obviously the details haven't been finalized, but it looks like most of the live action stuff is going to be four. I mean, sorry, six. Uh, do you have an issue with that? Six, uh, six episodes. I don't think that yeah. this what if is going to be like hour long. I think it's animated. Animation is expensive. Usually that's about 20 minutes worth. Like when Disney brought back Star Wars, the Clone Wars, I was like, yeah, it's Disney Plus. So right, that's right. going to be an hour long. Nope. 22 minutes. Like if we're on TV with commercials. So I, I don't, yeah, I think sense. that these, that we got 10 episodes because the runtime is shorter. And I don't have a problem with the six episode runtime. If um, if we're gonna do six episodes, I don't want it to be like yeah, Disney's yeah. The Mandalorian, where we're not, where we're getting random <laughs> runtimes every week. I I'm, I need a goddamn hour every single yeah, it'd be week. Crazy. I like, want this what, six what, hour Marvel movie. One week you're super hype, you go in, it's like twenty eight minutes or something like that, and then you go in the next day, it's like fifty three minutes. You're like, wait a minute, something. What's going on? Here? <laughs> no, but yeah, totally, totally good. 
Um, yeah, I hope that this this what if stuff in general does like have fun with it, have fun with it, and really start seeing what sticks and really start seeing what plays with with this crowd. But yeah, this like I said, a lot of the stuff that they're covering in this is is a lot of what I actually got to read as a comic fan trying to get into Marvel. So I'm really hoping to see some of the stuff there. Uh, that I recognize in general. What do you think you're, out of everything that you heard about, what do you think you're the most excited over? I guess ignoring the Fantastic Four because there's really nothing there to be excited about yet. I'm going to go for Secret Invasion. If it's going to be the Secret Invasion, I yeah. know. like If it's going to actually be Secret Invasion, <laughs> like I'm down. And if not, what if? Man, what if looks crazy? We're actually going to explore the multi... Uatu's going to introduce us to all these different Marvel universes? Like, that's sick. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've mentioned this so much and, on the show. We've been kind of playing around with the DC for a while. So I'm glad <laughs> Like, that I'm Marvel. down. I am down. Yeah, yeah. For real, that's DC's bread and butter. Marvel's just trying to do their thing now. <laughs> I mean, uh, the MCU, ironic. as we know it, is basically the ultimate uh, uh, <laughs> universe of a lot of the, a lot of that part. I wonder if we ever go to six one six, like more traditional, yes. more traditional yeah. versions of everybody. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, you get the to the, on the side of Captain America's head. You get to Earth six one six, all the costumes are normal, and and it's like. Yeah, yeah. You've accidentally shown us the MCU. Really, where he opens the door (laughs) on the other side and they just close it. Speaking of Deadpool, before we go, like I know that there was nothing, 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 nothing announced about Deadpool during the Investor Day stuff, but um, Deadpool's the original plans I remember Fox wanted was for Marvel Studios film. You think all that scrapped? They just do another. Okay. That's done. That's garbage. That's, That's in the true. trash. That's 100%. Because they can't do an X-Men. We don't even have X-Men yet. <laughs> you know, like... I, and the part that's most interesting to me is that this... It's true. It's a Marvel yeah. Studios film. Where the where does that fit in? Right. And you're going to have to link them. Where do you fit that in you? with all this uh, other they're stuff? They're going to have to come up with... Like I said, I think they're doing that whole magic trick with the three cups and the balls underneath one of them. And what under one of these properties is the mutants. Is the explanation for how they were formed? Is the explanation for why they're here now? Is the introduction to them? <laughs> I just don't know which cup. No, I don't want to see them anytime. You you I don't want to see them. Like I see a lot of this stuff. I've is still last got, still got the taste of the other ones. Go to, to then. Yeah, hell yeah, heck yeah. yeah. I really, I wouldn't even want to. I would love for them to just hint it then. We're not gonna. Yeah, well, unless, you don't know. I don't I, know. COVID I, I, world like, is weird now. Nothing seems guaranteed. Trust me, anymore. and I've been having a, I've been having a day. But, um, oh, this this damn thing's acting up again. Listen, if I don't see you again, brother, just remember, remember, Pornhub will never be the same. Well, you know that. Remember my last words. But uh, I'm sorry. I've got to get out of here. <sighs> oh my gosh. What a day. <laughs> I go from thinking I'm going to do this entire thing by myself to being able to sit and talk about these major announcements with my brothers, in all honesty. Uh, guys who made this year a lot easier for me than than they had to. Uh, without 
Dan the Comic Man, without Yogi, without GT Rebirth, without Carlos Maximus, without Kevin Arner, um, without some of our great co- uh, guest stars this year. Uh, you know, we had Tasman Humphreys on. We had Peter Melnick on. Um, I, 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 I'm almost speechless. I'm, I'm so filled with love and gratitude that I've been able to do this with my friends who have become my family and that you guys have been alongside for the ride. Um, thank you so much. We would have never reached three years without you. And I'm happy to say that we're ready to go for three years more. Um, I guess all there is to say at this point is, if you like this episode of the Major Issues Podcast, go back and listen to three years worth. We're an officially a over 10,000 listens podcast. We have over 10,000 listens of all of our episodes of our podcast, uh, you know, put together. And um, all you can find every single one of them at comicbookclick.com. Comicbookclick.com is the one stop for all of our uh merchandise our articles and every single episode of the major issues podcast it's home of the major issues podcast so go to comicbookclick.com uh something special that has literally just come out we have started our own patreon it's called the cbc clubhouse i want you i mean we we do a lot of this stuff free of charge but if you guys care at all to support for as little as three dollars a month you could help us independent content creators continue to create content uh get better equipment you know put out better content and overall build a better brand and you know we would appreciate any little bit of help and to entice those to join the cbc clubhouse at patreon.com slash cbc clubhouse uh we have included a bit of exclusive content a commentary track for one of my favorite, and I'm saying that sarcastically, comic book films, Dark Phoenix, which uh, which was fun. It was me and Dan, the comic book man. But if you're able to help donate and become a patron, you have an opportunity to get back behind the scenes, exclusive footage, uh, vote on some of the things that we tackle as part of CBC Commentaries or the Major Issues podcast, um, and overall influence the kind of product that we put out. You guys have done so much, and we've gone this far. Uh, we can get even further with your help, and I know that we can. Um, if $3 a month is too much for you, please like, share, and subscribe, and rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't. Um, I've been to the future, and we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. We're, getting inching, we're inching closer and closer to that future. But I can't tell you how we do it or else I mess up the timeline. All that time travel stuff we were talking about today, it gets kind of crazy. We don't want to mess up the timeline. So go to comicbookclick.com. Hit that support comic book click button. Join the clubhouse. Open up your podcast app. Rate and review us on iTunes. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this podcast. Go to comicbookclick.com. Go to Shop CBC. Grab some of our merchandise that is on sale for the holiday season. Uh, support uh, podcasters, support content creators, and thank you guys because we wouldn't be here for three years without your support in general. But remember that you could always join the conversation by going to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issue CBC on Twitter. 
And for the last time, or well, for the last time in these three years, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and this has been the Major Issues Annual Number 3. And remember, whether or not you feel that you have enough energy, time, and knowledge to start a podcast, whether you and your friends just love to chat about all things comic books, whether 2020 has been a great year for you, or like the rest of us, it's been more hard than it should, remember that we're still here. Remember that we're still doing it. Remember that we will continue to grow, and I will continue to grow with a little help of my friends. And always remember, if there's anything you remember, it's you remember that you, yes you, are worthy.